The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode, I believe, number 187. Today's date is Tuesday, April 6, 2021. We are live, as always, on YouTube and over on Facebook. So if you're out there, go ahead and leave us a comment in the live chat. We don't know that you're out there unless you say something. For all of you that are uh, new to the channel, new to the show, let us know where you're from. We'll try to shout you out and all of that stuff. For everyone that's uh, been here before, God bless you. I don't know why you came back, but thank you and uh, welcome to the dark side for all you newbies. Um, if you are interested, go check out Self Defense Radio Network. Uh, we are a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. It's where a, 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 a place where you can get a lot of great pro gun, pro freedom podcasts all in one place. You've got Locked and Little Latinos, Riding Shotgun with Charlie, the Polite Society podcast. Um, you've got Amanda Suffolk over there. You've got uh, Sandy. You've got a bunch of people over there. Gun Freedom Radio. I should say Gun Freedom Radio uh, is over there. So go check out selfdefenseradio.net. If you want to uh, ask a question throughout the show, make sure that you tag myself or someone in the panel. We'll try to get to those questions uh, if we can, if they are going to be relevant to the conversation. Um, you can text and call. Yes, you can call into the show. That number is down below. The Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at theguncleaners.com. That number is 530-364-5... Uh, what is it? 530-364-4678. I got so many phone numbers in my head, it's not even funny. Uh, if you're a veteran and you're in that that hole, that dark place, and, and you can't find the light, and you're questioning if there still is a light out there. First of all, please contact me, call me, text me, email me 24-7. It doesn't matter what time. Uh, I cannot give you medical advice, but I sure as hell can probably be a decent shoulder and maybe be able to talk you through some stuff and all that. If you are looking for a great place to get help and maybe point you in a direction towards medical help, please understand two things. One, you're not alone in this fight. There's many of us out there that can help you. You're not alone. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, please, if you're out there, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. Um, if you're a veteran, like I said, uh, you need to understand that you are not alone and we are, everyone is here to help. But if you're looking for help, one the number again, it's also scrolling. But for you listening to podcast, the veteran crisis hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Um, what else have I got? Oh, yes. We are obviously going to be spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. So if you've got any questions on what it takes to earn the title of the United States Marine, please check out the website marines.com. Holy cow, now that I got all of that out of the way, um, yeah, so um, we're going to have an interesting 
conversation tonight. We're going to, uh, before we bring in our, our special guest, we want to say hello to our quasi co-hosts and, and riding shotgun with this. Uh, and every week is uh, our good friend from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus. I mean, uh, leprechaun clover tack. What's up, Clove? Careful with that, man. You don't want to have to pay royalties to Charlie. That could be bad. Ah, bring it on, Charlie. Bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, yeah, I know. I hear you. And um, we're not going to disclose his um, position in this world. Right First of all, one, we don't know. The, the guy moves around and travels so damn much. I don't know where he is. I know where he has been, but I don't know where he is now. But uh, we want to bring in a guy who's been... I want to be the target of a lot of discussion in the last week. And um, good friend, we and he and I have talked a few days ago um, on all the stuff that's going on and and um, thought maybe you'd want to come out and, and have a discussion with the, the live crowd that might answer some questions and all that. But our good friend, Rob Pinkus, what's up, Holmes? Hey, man, how you doing? I am. I honestly do not know where I am. I, follow, I was following the blue line. I stopped to see a friend. I, I did a class. I did a class. Here in New York City yesterday, and, and I am in Midtown somewhere. I'm on third between. I think I parked on 51st. I think I'm at third and 52nd or something. I, it's a Marriott. I don't know. I uh, so I know I kind of know where I am, but I was running late. I actually put that that text I sent you. You know, driving yeah. sick through Manhattan traffic while running late to get to a hotel that I just booked 20 minutes ago. I don't know. You gotta love, and I, and I, I, I sent a text back to him and said, "Tell them to get the hell out of the way. Don't they know who you are? I mean, you should. I don't know why you don't have like people out in front of you and have an entourage." You know? Well, that's the rumor, right? Like with all the all the Soros money, you would think, apparently. I don't even get a yacht, a yacht to hide on. I don't get shit. Oh hell! Well, like I said, I I know that um, you've had an interesting week to say the least. Um, I think a lot of it has been maybe misunderstood and all that, but I wanted to give you the opportunity because, like I said, you and I talked for a while last week, a few days ago, and I had some questions, you know, and, right, right. and you cleared them up to me. And whether or not that we all agree is irrelevant. It makes no difference. But to blanketly say some of the things that have been said about you in the last week without knowing the whole story, that's why I think, you know, I wanted to bring you on and all of that. Now, before we get going, I do want to say out there to all my mods, hey, tonight could be interesting. There might be some stuff being said out there that uh, it is what it is. I want people to be able to speak their minds. I do not want to censor people. Let them speak their minds. But also, if you're out there and you want to have a comment towards myself, Clover, Rob, or have a question, be civil. We can have a, a nice discussion being civil without calling names and going crazy. So my mods out there, give them a little bit of a rope. But if they start to hang themselves, then give them the hammer. But uh, I want people to, to express themselves and all that. But if, if it crosses a line, I trust my mods. I don't want to tell you exactly what to do. Is I trust you. You wouldn't be mods if I didn't trust you. Um, let them talk. But if it does cross a line somewhere, then get them the hell out. Um, before we bring in Rob, I, I want to say real quick, um, well, I'm going to bring Rob in, but um, can you kind of give, so we're, we're going to talk about tonight about an article that you wrote with Dan Gross, and a lot of people don't know who he is, so before we even go into the contents of the article and all that, do you want to kind of give a little background of how this came about, first of all, because I think that would be an interesting conversation as well. 
the article how the arbor the article came from that part yeah with you with yeah, you, yeah. And so it is it's funny you know this is now there have been three like i don't know like blow-ups over over this whole thing with dan gross over the last 18 months and it's interesting to me somewhat entertaining somewhat frustrating some combination of both right that this kind of keeps coming up but then i have to remind myself you know and you might see it in the comments like i know you were warned in the mods i can't see the comments so um it is when i get it when i get a, somebody in the comments it's like i heard you were working with the brady campaign and you support universal background checks like i, I don't like at this point you know no but how are you and would you like a cupcake maybe come over meet me at the cupcake the cupcake place near the range i don't know what to tell you man like you're you're you they, 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 they just need they just need a hug there are a lot of people and this is why I, i'm here right why i'm not out there having a great meal and drinks and why i'm hanging out with you guys i love you guys it's important though not just to hang out and like do another tuesday night show because it's not the first time i've hung out with you guys online it's not the first time you and i've done the show it is a Rob, <laughs> his name is Rob. His name is Rob, and he lives in New York, so he's like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he should have made the class. So the, the, but but it's not just another hangout, right? It's like it, this is really about addressing these issues because there are a bunch of people out there that obviously are getting a bunch of likes and a bunch of traction talking about me, right? Yes. And last night um, we were on the, the meet. Well, we recorded the Meet the Pressers show. I think it's going to be released in a couple of days. And it was me and Kim Stolfer from FOAC and uh, Anthony Calandro from Gun for Hire. And the three of us have all had this like pitchforks, tar and feather kind of attacks. You know, we really like we had like 100 years of gun rights, public rights advocacy between the three of us. And then you add Tim Harmson and the big blow up he had a couple weeks ago. The pitchforks yeah. came after him. You know, he's got another 20 years, 30 years in this. So, you know, you're over 100 years with four guys that all are getting attacked for lack of ideological purity and mostly by people who aren't talking to us, they're talking about us. So I, re I appreciate you reaching out to me the other day, A, just to ask your own follow-up questions and then B, yeah. to say, well, okay, well, let's talk with everybody because there's obviously a lot of people who, who are listening to the, the attacks, you know, the hype, if you will, the anti-hype. Um, the the interesting, interesting thing about... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say some of that's misunderstandings and, and I get that. And it's sort of like, this is where Maj, like when Maj and I did our conversation, he's like, Rob, you got to be more patient with the, with the, you know, the kids, so to speak, the people that are new, they don't know the history and they don't know the, the drama. They don't know that some of these people that are writing hit pieces have, you know, long held grudges for different reasons and, and are taking their shots. They really are just taking this as sincerely. Oh, wow. I thought Rob was cool, but apparently Rob's anti-gun and they're running with it. Right. So we're trying to get the word out. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to really have a conversation. And it is mostly for the people that don't know, because the people that know, hell, as I told you, a lot of people in the gun rights community read that piece before it was published at Amoland. Obviously, Amoland published it. Obviously, I'm the one that sent it to Amoland to ask them to publish it. So this isn't as nefarious and, and scary <laughs> and, and odd as a lot of people have made it out to be. Um, so I appreciate the opportunity to, to answer questions and clarify. Yeah. And one of the funniest things that happened uh, last week, aside from you, was our, our both of our, all of our, all three of us are good friends with Tony Simon. And Tony put out an Instagram post with the hashtag fuck Rob Pincus. 
And so I start getting texts and emails and calls going, man, like what's going on? Like if Tony's upset with Rob, something must be really going on. I said, did you read the post? Did you read the post? And I think people are headline and in the court. I was talking about this. People are headline crazy. They read the headline, but don't read. And that's probably what happened with the actual article itself. And thank you for budget out there. Budget guns and gear out there. Did put the link to the, um, the article out there. There's another one out there with, um, 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 Oh crap. Just left my mind. You did a, a follow-up article with, um, there's an interview with John Trump. At Amberland, and then there's a written article no. response at, at Truth About Guns. Maybe Truth About Guns. That's I, I, yeah. I, I was like, I, it was off. I knew you did one, um, and so it is what it is. And I reached out to you one first of all to let you know that hey, I'm here. You know, if, if you know, and all that. Hang in there. Keep doing what you're doing. And I said in a little video, there are people that are good friends of mine that I'm not always going to agree with. That doesn't mean that we're going to tar and feather them or, or send them out of our inner circle. And say, I'm not talking to that dude anymore. Um, and, and that's just one of those things. Um, and there's people out there that saying they read it all and it's terrible. And Hey, they're going to have their own opinions and all that. So before I get going, I do want to um, ask a couple questions. Um, who approached who? between you and Dan, who approached who about doing um, this article? So you got it again. Like, so like you said, let's go into the background a little bit, right? right. So it, about two years ago, I was asked to come in and consult with a technology company. Um, it was offered, mm-hmm. They reached out to me on LinkedIn and they said, Hey, we're thinking about doing this project that applies advanced technology to firearms to reduce, you know, gun involved deaths. However they put it, right? So, you know, me, I say yes to anything. So I'm super curious about it. I'm like, let's hear it. Is it a smart gun? Is it, uh, you know, a taser? I don't know what it is. So let's, let's, let's have the conversation. And I have a couple conversations with the guy. He ends up telling me, you know, I, I say, yeah, I'm interested. Like, I'll come in and, and see what it's all about. Because he it, it was being very vague. A lot of, like, NDAs and all that. It's very corporate right? So, yeah, I'm interested. Let, let's talk about it. He goes, okay, well, we met. I think we met in Michigan. So I ended up having a meeting in Michigan with this guy and he said, uh, there's one thing you need to know, you know, before we go any further, um, we do have one person already who's involved in the project, who's consulting with us, who we've been you know, talking with. He is the former president of the Brady campaign. And, uh, you know, I just wanted you to know that, like, if that's a deal breaker or whatever, then, you know, and, and the guy hadn't done anything anti-gun, right? Hadn't said anything um that made me think he was trying to take away rights um, i was very clear with him that i was not interested in being involved in anything that was going to be pitched as you know you need this right you're we're aware of the smart gun law that exists in new jersey right now that if if smart guns are released you know generally and they're viable that every gun in new jersey is going to have to be a smart gun um, there's the issue in california with micro stamping where you know there's this micro stamping law that's completely untenable that you know new stuff needs to be micro stamped um, I, w- I didn't want to be involved in anything like that. If any of his business plan, if his stated business plan was to go to the government and say, yeah, we want this mandated, you must use this technology, I wasn't involved. Um, that had right. already been, now maybe he was lying, I don't know, but you know, that had already been discussed and that was you know, sort of in email writing and everything else. And I, was, I felt like I was covered there. So again, I mean, I've been, you know, I've talked to liberal media, I'm, I'll, I'll talk to anybody, right? Who cares? So I said, sure, right. I'll, I'll, 
I'll get on a Zoom. So we ended up doing a Zoom meeting. And this was like pre-corona. This was back just normal Zoom. So we didn't have to buy flights. And this guy then um, immediately wanted to throw out like a bunch of disclaimers in terms of like, I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what you think, but I'm not with Brady. You know, you probably find that you and I have a lot more in common than you think or a lot of different. I've looked up every what you said. I've looked at, you know, at that point, we had looked at Walk to Talk America. He had looked at some of the stuff from 2AO. And obviously, I already knew he was not with Brady. So there's a reason you're not with Brady anymore. And by the way, it's not like you're not with Brady and you're with Everytown or you're with Mom's Demand. Like you're out of the gun control thing. Okay, interesting. And just kind of let it be. We had our meeting. And then uh, he followed up, said, hey, if we can have a chat sometime. I said, cool, let's have a chat sometime. And we and this this is now people can research like from from here forward. I don't know how much of that original meeting, how where that came from was out there. But this was talk. As I said, this is like the third time this has been a big blow up. The first time was when he was a speaker at the 2019 2A rally with a bunch with 30 yeah. other pro gun speakers, you know, at the U.S. Capitol in front of thousands of American gun owners. Um, he was interviewed by John Crump. He was interviewed by uh, Cam Edwards. Um, obviously, Cam Edwards was also one of our speakers. Uh, Maj talked about him uh, the other day because, you know, he was one of the speakers, Diana Muller. He met all, he met everybody that was involved, um, had some great conversations with people. I think everybody got it. If you heard his speech, he calls out um, the some of his former collaborators for being disingenuous and, and really wanting to take away guns and wanting to talk about gun owners as, as uncaring and evil and, you know, all this other stuff and not really caring about gun safety. And that's why he got out of it. People said, well, how do you get there in the first place? Right. Well, in 1997, um, probably about five blocks from here, his brother was shot in the head uh, in a mass shooting event and put into a coma. His brother's best friend, who was they were about to go tour Europe in a band, um, was killed. And he was uh, an advertising guy. And and he obviously got pretty fired up about his brother, you know, having permanent brain damage and, and the things that were going on. And this was 1997. Um, it turns out it's actually within about 30 days of my first SHOT Show. And I always say, like, my first SHOT Show, I consider my official entry into the gun industry, right? So that was 25 years ago, um, 1997. And within about 30 days of that was when he entered the gun rights debate also um, formally. And, on a different and, side. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And he said, um, you know, and, and I think in one of those early speeches, like while his brother's in a coma, he, he actually did say at one point, like, there's no reason for people other than law enforcement to have handguns. You know, I mean, he came out swinging, right? Um, with no yeah, real that's also, It was also probably a lot of emotionally driven as well. So he, he ended up getting involved in doing some public awareness stuff. He has a marketing and advertising background. Um, the Ask campaign was something he was into, which was... Um, something I've lobbied for, right? If you're a parent um, and you have a friend who has guns and your kids are going to go play over at their house, you should ask them, how do they store their guns? Like, are the guns just laying around, right? So that's, you know, people are, I'm not telling anybody if they ask me, they, why wouldn't you? Why, if you're a proud, responsible gun owner, why wouldn't you sure. be happy to tell people how you take care of your guns or how you prevent unauthorized access from kids? So he was doing stuff like that. He ended up getting very heavily recruited into the gun rights community because of his story and because of his articulate guy, this and that. And he got neck deep and then he kind of saw the inside of it and he decided to separate himself from it. Um, having had that story, um, he came up and took a class in goal. 
uh, or in Massachusetts with gold. Um, they they welcomed him. They, they they knew the story, of course. I didn't sneak him in there. So they were hosting the course. And here's the guy. Here's what this is about. Um, John Green, who runs training with gold, been working there for over 20 years. We all sat down and had dinner. Um, he spent two days in the rain developing his defensive handgun shooting skills. Um, you know, quite frankly, I've seen him do more work on the range than a lot of other people in the gun rights community um, have done in my presence, right? Um, you know, for a guy who had never shot a handgun before. So two days on the range, in the rain, um, doing a defensive pistol class with uh, 12, 13 other guys. And just, he impressed me with his sincerity. And I knew kind of where he was going to be going if he was a, a Second Amendment uh, rally speaker, to a rally speaker. The committee met to discuss whether it was a good idea or not. Everybody agreed, yeah, it makes sense. They, uh, several of them did talk to him independently for me to kind of, so they could feel like they weren't, and I, I honestly didn't, I don't, sure. don't take Rob's word for it, you talk to him. So people decided, yeah, yeah let's do it. Um, he did it. A lot of people got mad. A lot of people got upset. Other people heard him speak and thought, wow, what a coup. How is this not a huge win for our side? The fact that the former Brady campaign president just stood there at the steps of the U.S. Capitol and said, I'm not anti-gun. You know, he did a TED Talk, I think, like 2016 or 17 and said, um, we need to stop worrying about trying to take some guns away from everybody. And we need to worry about keeping all the guns out of the hands of the small number of people we all agree shouldn't have, them, right? Which is no assault weapon bans, no magazine capacities, bans, limits, all that stuff. So I think the guy's sincere, right? Like I said, now at this point, I, at that point, I'd known him for like nine, 10 months. Right. A few months later, he comes to shop shows, sits down, has a meeting with a bunch of people, a bunch of media, this and that. Again, people get fired up. Rob Pincus brought the Brady campaign to shot show. No, Why wouldn't we, first of all? Well, and exactly, right? There's that whole, oh, that whole other side of this is, you're being morons, right? This is a huge well, win. And, and we're going on to, and you and Clover and Chris Chang are working on some stuff uh, with another entity. Yep. And Clover wants to think about bringing some of these people to shop. Why wouldn't we? Absolutely. Understand exactly. us. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is, are we doing something illegal? Are we doing something to be ashamed of? Right. No. Right. So, so that happened. Everybody got blue hot. Now, then Corona comes in. So we were sort of on this momentum track to keep doing things and to keep put forcing this conversation well then corona happens and everything comes to a standstill so we decided okay you know then the election and everything all the drama of the summer and then all the drama of the election so we just kind of played it cool then you know of course shot show didn't happen and we finally got to the point of you know if we're going to do anything we need to start getting serious about it and then what happens atlanta happens boulder happens now everybody's talking about gun control and at that point, I would say it was probably more Dan reaching out and saying, you know, yeah, this is if, if we're going to be serious about trying to make this conversation happen and, and tell the media and tell politicians that it's not all people screaming at each other from opposite corners. But we can talk about the things that don't involve bans and don't involve restrictions of rights in a blanket way that, that we can talk about real common ground. We all want to reduce the number of firearms involved suicides. We all want to reduce the number of uh, situations where kids get their hands on guns and there's tragedies around that. We all want to make sure that guns aren't getting into the hands of criminals that are being stolen or straw purchased or whatever. We all we all agree on that, I think. Right. So that's where this this is the first place. Now, the article comes in because the article says, well, there is this. This is an illusion of a culture war. I'm not talking about somebody. Somebody in the comments last night, I think it was in one of the, the podcasts said something. Yeah, well, you don't think there's a culture war? Try wearing a MAGA hat in Portland. I'm sorry, MAGA hats have literally nothing to do with gun rights. And if you think right. they do, you're part of the problem and you're part of the culture war. And gun rights, in terms of the identity 
with right wing politics. Yeah, you're making it part of identity politics. Knock it off. That's one of the reasons I think the NRA is, is where they are now, because they tried to make this a right wing versus left wing issue. And right. obviously, there's plenty of people on the left that want to want to own the issue and say, no, no, we're the only ones who care about kids. Well, I mean, the whole thing you just did with talking about veterans and, and veterans getting help. Right. And I know you don't you, you aren't saying we're OK if you jump in front of a train, but just please don't use a gun. Right. You really want to help people. I really Absolutely. want to help people, but I especially care about the negative impact on our gun rights when firearms involve suicides are 60 percent of firearms deaths in our country most years. So so I think these things are important to talk about. Dan thinks they're important to talk about. I, I think it's an obvious win for us that somebody who was like the leader guy sitting in a, the Obama <laughs> White House and working with Biden and working on Mansion Toomey and all of those other things from the other side, the fact that he wants to work with us, that's that's kind of a huge win, right? But everybody's so damn afraid. And one of the things they're afraid of, I get it, there's there's somebody out there who's really afraid he's a double agent, super secret spy, you know, from, from Beverly Hillbillies or something. But for the most part, I think, People are afraid of what's happening to me. People are afraid of being attacked for not just pounding on the table and saying, shall not be infringed. And I'm over it. Like, I've been, you know, yeah. I've been attacked for that kind of stuff for a long time. I think it's, it's infantile to stand in a corner and say, will not comply while you fill out 4473s. I think that your whole, my line in the sand is when they try to do this, we'll see. And you don't have to tell me about it now. When they try to do that, if it's your line in the sand, we'll all know. Tough guy in yeah. the comments. Right now, it doesn't matter where my line in the sand is. You don't even know what I'm doing or not doing, right? right. And that's the irony, right? Like it, it is this idea that I have to virtue signal after 30 years in this community, 25 years professionally, and well over 20 years of, of outspoken advocacy. My virtue signaling is those days are long gone. Um, so uh, let me ask you. Let's, let me ask you this because this is a question that people are wanting to know. I don't have to ask this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it and give you the opportunity. Are you anti-gun? No. Maj told me the other day, he goes, Rob, you gotta be more patient, right? You gotta be you gotta explain it. Maj like, had some never, great points. He really did. He had some great points, I think, that were, were, so were so very valuable. Right? He said I should do yeah. this all the time. And I'm what are we? We're like 26 minutes in. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. I'm Rob Pincus and I'm so gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe all gun laws are unconstitutional with the exception of the Second Amendment, which is in the Constitution. And I think right. shall not be infringed is the bottom line law of the land in our country. I think that background checks are unnecessary. And I don't think background checks are worth the restriction on rights against individual citizens who haven't done anything wrong yet just to maybe prevent some things that we can't even prove that they prevent. Is that was that good? Yeah, that that sounded that sounded pretty genuine. I don't know if I believe you. It's like, come on, man. That's why I want to start out with that one because I knew that would be the funniest one of all. Um, yeah, so I get it. People want to hear me say that, but the problem is, we all know that that there's still going to be some guy in the comments saying I don't believe him. Like, if somebody yeah. thinks that I'm like somehow being like paid by Soros, right? Like, I'm staying in a right. courtyard. Like I'm not, I'm not at the JW, right? I'm not even at the Marriott Marquis on Times Square. Like I'm, trust me, I'm not getting paid by Soros, right? Being an apartment in Manhattan, I wouldn't be hanging out at the courtyard, right? right? So, so this idea that, um, 
you know, the conspiracy theories. I mean, just look, I mean, we got people that believe Biden is a lizard robot. Okay. Yeah. People are listening to QAnon. Do you think I care that you are having a conspiracy theory moment about me? If you think COVID is a hoax and it doesn't exist, I really don't. You're not smart enough to matter whoever you are. The whole okay? Q movement is just a weird one to begin with. Let's not so, even go so, down. So, That's so a so weird I just, thing. I just yeah. don't care about that. So if, you know, and then I have people telling me I'm losing, you know, I'm losing my audience. Well, maybe my audience, as Maj, you know, pointed out, maybe my audience isn't who you think it is. Because my, if, right. I, I, if I have to preach to somebody who is willing to pound on the table and say shall not be infringed, that gun rights are important, no, that's not advocacy. It's not lobbying. That's fundraising. That's entertaining. That's, right. that's pandering. I don't have a membership organization that I have to raise millions of dollars through. I don't have a bunch of lawyers that I have to pay to fight in court. I'm doing public awareness advocacy and, and old school traditional lobbying, not capital L lobbying, but just trying to get people to see my point of view, because I know people now take exception that I'm saying our point of view. So if you don't like me saying ours, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people that have told me, keep up the good work, keep up the fight. We get it. All right. So HBO man out there, and this is the elephant in the room that I'm sure that, you know, we're going to get to, and we're going to get to it right now. Uh, but we mentioned, he says all gun laws are constitutional, but you want to expand the effectiveness reach of background checks. And I think honestly, the whole section, 95% of the article, I think people or whatever, it's that one section on expanded background checks. So I want to give you the floor. And after that, I want to Clover come in because I know he's going to have some questions as well. But when it comes to expanded background checks, can you talk about the thought process of what you guys put in that article and the reasoning why? Yeah, so here's, here's the deal with that. Right now, and, and I think people should read the article at mm -hmm. The Truth About Guns because that was the a very quick follow-up article. They said, you know, what, can you give us the details of exactly what you would propose? You know, and other people have asked this too. If I have a magic wand, what do I do? Well, what's important to understand is that the current background check system we have is is kind of a, a disaster. It's it's like it's not quite as bad as TSA, I guess, but it's a lot of security theater. It's a lot of feel good. It's a lot of illusion. I think about just just any kind of efficacy whatsoever. So, does it deter people who know they're prohibited persons from trying to buy guns at a gun shop? How could it not? Right? Mm -hmm. Does it prevent criminals from getting their hands on guns? No. Right. So let's I mean, I think it's important to say those things out loud. Mm -hmm. So when you say it doesn't have an effect, I, I don't know that that's fair. Right. Because if it's just keeping criminals from going into a, like going to a vending machine and, and getting a loaded, you know, belt fed machine gun and then robbing, you know, somebody down the street. Well, then it's it's acting as a, at least a deterrent. Right. It's, it's putting an ex, extra hoop or two in there. Now, I know that I could probably buy a gun here in Manhattan if I wanted to and I had enough cash and, you know, within 45 minutes or an hour, maybe not in this part of town, but, you know, within two hours I could get it done. Right. So the this idea of efficacy is really important and the way it's presented in that article is really important because, you know, again, there were three things talked about one public awareness and education. That means working with gun owners to be more responsible, to prevent unauthorized access, to seek mental health, you know, preventative, proactive care, not fear mental health, all that stuff. The second one is also directly related to suicides and mental health. And that's, you know, be more proactive there as well. Avoid the fear mongering, all that stuff. 
maybe maybe that even now plays a role into the third part because I know I've had a lot of conversations through Walk Talk America with people in the mental health community about um, HIPAA and about the concerns that, that a lot of them have about privacy and the idea that Absolutely. if more if there, if there were more proactive steps coming out of the mental health community that were entered into the NICS system, right? And, and essentially, like we're talking about temporary situations where somebody is, you know, on a new med, coming off a med, they have a new diagnosis, they're going through crisis, they self-report, you know, hey, I'm in this condition. And they're, I don't know what the criteria are because I'm not a mental health practitioner, but if there are criteria that a mental health practitioner would say, hey, right now, based on my training and experiences and that, to keep your conspiracy theories about political agendas to yourself, but legitimate mental health concerns, I think that right now, can I agree with my client that he or she should not have access to firearms and they might make a bad decision tomorrow, so we're going to temporarily enter them into the NICS. Some mental health practitioners think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Other people think, no, that's horrible because it'll prevent people from asking for help. It'll prevent people from seeking treatment if they think they're going to have a right That's valid. That's valid. And, and that's, I get it, right? So that's one of the things we've been trying to do for almost three years now with Walk to Talk America is get people to understand there are plenty of anonymous and proactive ways to take care of your brain and to address issues that don't involve the government, that don't involve background checks, that don't involve red flag laws. It just involves like being a good friend, your call to people to remind, remind them like veteran, you know, veteran or not, if you want help, there are people who will help you. There are ways to get help that are anonymous. There are ways inside the military I know inside the military, people don't necessarily trust that the chain of command isn't going to step in or take action. But, you know, um, I was talking with, uh, I think it was Chuck Pressburg a few years ago about this topic and a couple of years ago. And it was like, people don't realize just how hard it is for the VA or for the Department of, of Defense to get involved and, and take away rights if you ask for help, you know, especially if you, you are, are having problems. Um, that sincerity is appreciated and, and most people are protected. You can always find anecdotal stories, but for the most part, people's privacy and their rights are very, very protected. So the questions right. about HIPAA changing are, are big ones, but that would be one area where, where I sure. think a lot of people would have a common ground, right? People hate that, but let me just, let's say it. We all agree that we want fewer suicides, period, and certainly firearms involve suicides in our community. So maybe that's a common ground place. So if you were going to work with mental health practitioners to figure out what that is, would that be an expanded background check? Yeah, technically it would, right? If you have, like, I think it's Massachusetts has a really good system where two people can use the background check system in the state without a dealer being involved and without recording the gun or anything else. You can just, you, you can access the background check system as an individual. I've been telling people for, for a decade, you, if, if you're going to try to sell a gun to somebody that you met in the parking lot at Walmart and they won't show you their ID, you probably shouldn't sell them the gun. I don't, I don't get it, right? Like if they're too, if they don't want to show you the ID, why would you be comfortable selling them the gun? If you want to, go ahead, free world, right? But at the same time, I think you'd probably be better off telling that person, hey, you know what? Why don't you meet me over here at the dealer and I'll cover the 30 bucks for the background check, right? Because there's something sketchy about that. I don't get it, right? Um, so when we talk about strangers in the article, let's talk about that word, right? What's a stranger? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have people, how could you tell me I can't give my son a gun that's been in our family for three generations? Well, I'm sorry, is your son a stranger? Please well, not a stranger. Yeah. A stranger. <laughs> or did you just not read the article and you're going off of a hit piece? Maybe that's it. Right. I don't know. So, so you know, even, even in that article, and these are things that Dan agrees with, right? Obviously, we both signed the article. So as much as he's this notorious anti-gun guy that's tricked me into working with him, let's think about this. 
the in the article he says and i say we say imagine you're in a at your gun club and you're in a shooting competition and somebody says hey that's a pretty cool gun and you want to transfer it to them and say hey yeah you can use it use it in the next week's competition keep it forever take it hunting whatever that should be well outside the purview of the government now that doesn't sound to me like something an anti-gun person says that you can just give your buddy at the gun club a gun even if you live in colorado where private transfers are illegal because that's another thing that i want to address and that's why enhanced would have been a more politically correct word for the gun community that wouldn't have gotten up to yeah. yeah if we just said it's enhanced but expanded is probably a better term for people that are coming from it as we want universal background checks, which we all know is the end of private transfers. Then I can't give my daughter a Christmas gift of a gun, right? Well, one of the things that, that we should be doing is realizing when we talk about expanding, how about this? I'm an FFL. I can't transfer a gun to... Well, I, uh, I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you read the comments. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just reading. The I'm just letting people read them and all that. Yeah, highlighting. Well, if, I, if I need to address something, you let me know. Um, yeah. Why shouldn't I be able to transfer a gun to you? I am a federally licensed federal. I'm a federally licensed firearms dealer. Why can't I transfer a gun to you without going to a dealer in your state? That is an antiquated, ridiculous system. We now have a national instant check system, right? I should be able to transfer guns across state lines. And if you live in a state where private transfers are legal, I should be able to transfer a gun to you privately across state lines too. That, that interstate prohibition is a throwback to when states didn't talk to one another and when there was no NICS. We need to get rid of that. There's an expanded background check for you. A local dealer should be able to run a background check through NICS on anybody in the country and, and sell that gun to him, transfer that gun to him. And I should be able to do the same thing as a private citizen if there's private transfers allowed and guess what if private transfers aren't allowed this is where the exemptions come in and i think the list of exemptions speaks for itself it if you covers look, most people honestly right right if you look anybody who can legally carry in their state of residence anybody who is also a member of the same gun club as me anybody who's in a uh, competition league that's the same as me Anybody who is retired, active, or military, uh, sorry, retired, active, or reserve military, anybody who's in the National Guard, anybody who's retired, uh, reserve, or active law enforcement, anybody who's a licensed armed security guard. I mean, that list is like literally, it would mean that any of the four of us on this show could transfer a gun privately to millions of potential people in the United States. So we know what that means. That means it's, as we said in the article, it's practically impossible for a comprehensive registry of gun owners or firearms when you're doing when you have millions of potential exemptions and then, then you get all the domestic ones you get anybody that you're right. sleeping with anybody that you live with anybody who's immediate family right so cohabitators intimate partners you've got that whole group which obviously then become very unique and and if you have the immediate family member or the cohabitator who isn't a gun club member, doesn't have a concealed carry permit, isn't in law enforcement, well, you can still transfer a gun to them. And this is a, this is a, I understand this question, but I want people to hear this. People say, well, how would you prove that you transferred the gun to somebody who was exempted? If the, if ATF came knocking on your door and said, we, we, according to the 4473, you bought this gun from your local dealer. Do you have it? Nope. Transferred it. Well, who'd you transfer it to? None of your business. It, it's up to them to prove that I sold it to somebody who wasn't on the exempted list. It's like, like when I drive, like I drove here, I parked. 
if I'd have gotten out of the car and NYPD come up to me and said, sir, can you prove that you didn't speed on the way here? I don't have to. Yep. If you have me on a speed camera or you have me on laser or radar, right, maybe you can testify to the fact that you know what it looks like to drive 25 miles an hour down uh, third uh, or down second and you second Avenue, you think that you can prove and go to court of law and you're going to testify that I was going 45, go for Bring it. it on. I don't have to prove that I wasn't speeding. I don't have to prove to you that I did sell a gun to somebody who's on this exempted list. Now, I get it. I'm not in charge. I don't have that magic wand. But when the question is, what would you do, Rob? What are you proposing? Well, those are the kinds of things that I'm proposing. And, and, and uh, I want to, first of all, Yehuda's joining us. What's up, homie? Um, you know, and, and there's some sentiment out there that saying, you know, so an HBO Matt says, so we went from all guns are unconstitutional to, but I kind of like this one. And there's understanding whether you think that something has a sentiment that you agree with doesn't necessarily mean that you want it to be law. So I want to go ahead and put you on and ask this question to you directly on the phone. Are you an advocate for more gun control bills being passed. I think that's what people are wanting to know is, is understanding that there is some value to certain things is different than saying, I want this to be passed. I think this should be law. Right. So here's the deal. Remember a few weeks ago, um, USCCA really started, they were the first ones that started this whole thing where like we're eating our own kind of deal, right? USCCA yeah, sure. wrote a letter to Biden. And in the first few sentences, they said, you know, it's common sense we agree that it's common sense that our gun laws in this country need to be reformed. Well, it was a three or four page letter and near the end of it, they, they said, and let's get back to the reform, you know, paraphrasing, let's get back to the reform that we agree should happen. We should have national reciprocity and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they got attacked because they, they dared to use the words common sense. Hell, I didn't even use common sense. I just said common ground. You know, they dared to use the words common sense and they talked about gun law reform. Well, Hearing Protection Act is gun law reform. That would be a gun law. So when you hear somebody say, uh, I don't think there should ever be any more gun laws. Okay, well, to get SBRs removed from the NFA, you have there to, has to be a law. law. To get HBA, yeah. you have to talk about a gun law. You, you, so you're, you're, I get that not everybody understands that, and that's okay. Right. And I get that some people think repealing the NFA, repealing Gun Control Act, or repealing something else is the answer it's just not a realistic answer is it an option sure guess what else is an option changing the constitution right i don't i don't think the reason gun control no one on gun control side says let's change the constitution and get rid of the second amendment in any serious way is because they know they don't have the votes it would never happen but there's a mechanism yeah. right we have to be honest sure. about that as well because just as much as i can say to somebody well shall not be infringed you're out of luck they can say yeah well People are worth a whole people now, all the people, not two thirds of a person, you know, depending right. on their, their ownership status as property. That went away too, right? Women can vote. Seven acres, and a, seven acres and a goat, you know? Yeah. So, so the whole thing here is that people need to be, I think, a little bit less naive and a little bit less emotional and understand that me saying we can reform and improve the situation dramatically might be the right step towards getting rid of background checks. And I've been using concealed carry as, as the obvious um, comparison, right? In 1995, we were all super excited about shall issue, the shall issue wave, right? Shall issue carry laws in a whole bunch of states that were mandatory training, 
They were fees. They were renewals. They were background checks. They were all those things. But we were all super, really super awesome, excited about it. Because in 1986, there were 13 states you couldn't even get a permit in and D.C. Now you can get a permit in every state. Is it impossible here in New York? In the city? Yeah, but not upstate. Is it impossible in some parts of California? Sure, but not in the Central Mm -hmm. Valley. Is it impossible in D.C.? Apparently not. Bobert got one in like three weeks when she became a congresswoman, right? So it it is possible to get a permit one way or another everywhere. In 1986, you couldn't get one in, sorry, Clover, Texas, right? But people were super excited about the LTC program going into place in Texas as a shall-issue program. Today, everybody wants constitutional carry. I was carrying under constitutional carry in 1990 in Vermont, the only state that was constitutional carry. When I moved there, that was the first place I could carry legally. You know, the idea that we were just going to snap our fingers in 1992 and make Florida constitutional carry wasn't going to happen or Texas or Alaska. Right now, eventually we've gotten to the point where we have 19 states as of right now. And I think a couple more very close on the way that are constitutional carry. But the only way we got there was with millions of people jumping through the hoops of shall issue laws, proving that the streets aren't running with blood and gun owners can handle the responsibility. And then it took some other states like Arizona being one of the first major ones to go constitutional carry to really prove the hypothesis. And I honestly believe that millions of people exempted from background checks of all forms and opening up the state prohibitions and letting dealers sell across state lines as well as private transfers happening across state lines in three four five years we'd be able to say look at the data no dramatic increase in crime certainly none tied to the exemptions of responsible gun owners being able to transfer guns to one another and then we move forward to getting another step closer to no more background checks that's how this works and I've watched it work and concealed carry is a perfect example. So for everybody in the comments, they never give an inch. We never regain. Once you lose a right, you never get it. It's simply not true. It doesn't matter what Pelosi says. It doesn't matter what Schumer says. The empirical evidence that we do regain lost rights when we're responsible and when we accept the incremental wins, it's right there laid out before you. Uh, I want to bring Clover in because uh, he's been quiet, man. I mean, this is the longest he's been on the podcast and not said anything. He's probably got a rash or something. So, uh, Clove, uh, you have any questions or anything that you want to bring up with Rob? Well, I definitely do because I haven't, um, I haven't talked to Rob. So, uh, you know, I've been been meaning to once I read that article because there are some things that still to me haven't been explained. Um, but but first, I want to address something that I see that hasn't been. You know, we've talked a lot about this common ground idea, and I've seen it in the chat a lot. I hear a lot of people talk about it, and they go, well, anti-gunners, you know, um, you know, you can't find common ground. Well, you can find common ground with just darn near anybody on anything. Um, so with the anti-gun argument, you find common ground by taking it, taking it, the gun out of it. That's how you find common ground with an anti-gunner is you go into socioeconomic issues, you go into mental health issues, you go into things that are not related to the gun, and then you can start finding common ground on how you can actually solve the problem, and it has nothing to do with the firearm itself. So with that said, Rob, my when I read this, and it was talking about uh, the background checks, right? So I did read, and when the word stranger come up, I did see the caveats. The issue I've got with the whole 
stranger idea is stranger is an arbitrary word who I would consider a stranger. I mean, I've met everybody on this panel personally, right? I don't consider you a stranger. There's many out there in the chat that I've never met personally, but I would not consider them a stranger. There's people that I know. I don't know their name, but I know that they work in a place that requires them to not be felons to work in that place. But yet I don't know them. I don't know their name. All I know is that I see them in that place of work, right? So odds are they're probably safe because they wouldn't be working in the job they were working in if they were a felon or something like that. So the, the sticky part I have is around the arbitrary nature of the word stranger. And how do you, even if you go to that extent, how do you enforce it? with the arbitrary nature of that. I think we're in that already with some of the NFA and the arbitrary rulings around that, whether it be SBRs, pistol braces, you name it, right? I think we're just creating another level of, of arbitrary legislation. So I want you to expand on that a bit. Yeah, I, I think it's obviously a subjective, you know, it's a term. It means different things to different people. And this, you know, it, this wasn't a law. Like, I'm not, I'm not a senator, right? Like, Dan's not a congressperson. Like, so we didn't, that's not a proposed bill right this isn't a meeting that happened in uh you know whoever you know ted cruz's office i mean it, it this is a concept this as you said is common ground and i agree with you 100 on the non-gun stuff but i think you know what gun owner thinks it's okay to leave for, for a, a parent to leave a loaded gun in a backpack or a purse with a four-year-old you know in a car uh, unsecured while they run into the Walmart, uh, you know, to get something really quick. You know, I, I don't know any gun owners who think, yeah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's probably going to be somebody in the comments. It's none of your business. I'm not saying none of my business. I'm not saying it's none of the government's business. I'm saying I would tell any other gun owning parent not to do that, that that's a bad idea to just take a loaded gun, leave it in a, in a bag in your car and let the four or five year old be and just hope nothing happens. I think that's bad policy. And I think that would be agreed upon. I mean, does anybody, I don't know if you can, anyone want to argue about that's that? Just, right? That's just common sense, honestly. So, so I don't, so to say you can't find common ground with an anti-gunner, you don't think an anti-gunner would agree with that? You think they want you? I mean, right, like, I guess I'm saying it out loud and I'm sure there's somebody out there, oh no, they want that because then they get to use that child's death against us. If that person exists, that's probably the kind of person that, that Dan was talking about you know, at the Capitol when he said there's some people out there who are disingenuous and that he doesn't want to work with anymore. Right. But that's a bad human. And there are bad humans all over the place. So so are there bad humans in the anti-gun movement? Sure. Are there people who actually believe that, that would, the earth would be better and it's somehow conceivably possible to get rid of all guns? I'm sure there are. Right. I, I don't under, I don't even begin to know how they would think that's OK. I don't know how they think they would do it. And I disagree with them. Right. And, but and yet I can still agree that parents shouldn't leave loaded guns in a car with a four-year-old while they run into Walmart. Uh, and, I, and I don't think that should be controversial that I said that. And I don't, I'm not worried that Shannon Watts is going to use it against me, right? I, I am worried that there might actually be gun owners who would argue with me about that and say, no, that's fine. And if the kid dies, the kid dies, and I don't care. You know, you're not a good person if that's your if that's your your position as far as I'm concerned. Most of them, most of them seem to be saying what parent would leave a four year old in a car unsupervised anyway. Which well, is, but, but so, so this is you know what I mean. 
right? So, yeah. but my point being, this is common ground, right? So, so this is the common ground. Yeah, that, and that leads to my point of take the farm out of it, right? Take the farm out because what responsible right? parent would leave a child in a car alone, and then the the firearm is not even the issue at that point. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so let's so the back to the stranger thing, right? How long have we known each other, Clover? Three, several years. And if you go back in, to 2012. 18, 17. Yeah, so if you, like if, that, yeah. if you go back to 2012, we were, uh -huh. str we were strangers, right? Uh, that would be, yes, correct. Well, yeah. Yeah. But you might well, I mean, I would have. Well, yes and no, right? Okay. Yes, in the sense that I knew who you was, right? Because right. I've talked about it. I've got I've got training tapes with you, like literal VHS tapes, right? So I knew who you was in 2012. Do you have, so, tapes? Do you have the audio cassettes? So if, no, no, I don't have anything like that. But here's my, th here's my thing, and I'll let you finish. But let's use that example. And if for some right reason you were in town, right, you were at a function, and, and we did cross paths, and we got to having a conversation, and you were like, Oh, you've got one of those? Man, I'd really like to buy that from you, right? Well, at that point, I know enough about you with your background from the training for you not to be a stranger enough to me to trust to sell you a firearm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that, that's fair. That's, that, that, that's, that's, it's not fair for me to use myself in this. Experience. Now, that doesn't work the same with me if I wanted to buy from you. But So when do I decide that... I that I don't consider you a stranger anymore. Is that after dinner? Is that after we go for a walk in the park? Is that after that's we go a per, that's a personal choice? I think. Yeah, every person has their own criteria. If you want to be subjective about it, if this is you're going to go into court and say, I believe this person was trustworthy with a gun, I, I don't think that's the standard that any senator is going to put into a law. But if that were the standard, so be it. Like the idea that we're going to argue about what stranger means, right? Like. It just that's silly. Can we have a conversation about the fact that there are strangers? Can we have a conversation about the fact that there are someone on the planet that you wouldn't sell a gun to? There absolutely absolutely. Is. absolutely. So, yeah. so you can say that, that are probably that are probably okay to legally own, but I would not sell one. To okay, them. so so do you think there's probably somebody on the planet that we could all agree we wouldn't sell the gun to? Yes. So, uh, yeah, 100%, so that, yeah. that common ground, once again, we, if we can agree that we wouldn't sell the gun to that person and then an anti-gunner says, well, nobody should have a gun. So I agree too. Okay. We just found more common ground. Look at that. Now is that, that's not to me, that's not a word game and that's not semantics. That's just common sense. That is just human experience that we can say, we don't think that I would not sell a gun to that person. Right now, I might. I would. There are, are there. There's probably some people that I wouldn't sell a gun to, that I would take the gun to a dealer and say, "Hey, you know what? You get the gun from the dealer, you can have the gun." But yeah, I no, or or some type of a voluntary system, right? Where you yeah, could check or, out, right, or we do a voluntary system. Yeah. Way. And and I yeah. I don't think that's somehow nefarious to me. That's pretty libertarian, right? You make your decision. You sell. You want. now. Having said all that, I think it is very. I don't want to be disingenuous here. I don't think that anybody's going to write a law that says, "Well, if you if you don't consider the person a stranger, do whatever you want." But when you look once again, I'll go back to the, the Truth About Guns article. When you look at that list of exemptions, there are plenty of people right now that are active duty military members that I don't personally know, right? 
And let's not pretend that everybody in the military walks on water, right? There are people in the military who beat their wives. There's people in the military who do drugs. There's people in the military yeah, who do drugs. There's all kinds of problems, included all humans, right, in the military, in law enforcement. Human, human element, yeah. Yeah, our community is very quick to point out that there are some shitbags in the law enforcement community, right? So just because somebody's on that exempted list that I proposed still doesn't mean that I would personally be comfortable selling them a gun or that I expect anybody would. But it also, if you look at it, those people would absolutely be in any colloquial common use of the word stranger. Those people are strangers to me. But if they, but my standard has always been if somebody wants sees a gun I have on the Internet and they reach out to me or they know me from the gun club somewhere or shooting range somewhere that I frequent and they say, hey, man, I saw you had one of those guns. You don't you don't know where I could get one. I sold a mini 14 this way. One of the GB stock, uh, one of the folders to a student. Man, I saw you had it. I've always wanted one of those. I go, you know what, man? How bad do you want it? I want it like this bad. Okay, cool. And we were in a state where private transfers were legal. Like, boom, you give me some cash. Here's your gun. And that guy wasn't like a best friend by any stretch, right? But you know what he had? He had a concealed carry permit, you know, and he ended up becoming a student. But that that's my He's case. already passed the background yeah, check exactly. if he has a concealed carry so, permit. And, and notice also, some people have noticed this, thankfully, the wording. I didn't say people who have concealed carry permits. I said people who can legally carry in their state of residence. That means instantly 25, I think it's almost 27 million people right now who are could legally own guns, which means they could legally carry guns in constitutional carry states. So every single gun owner has well, 27 million options plus all the concealed carry permits. And, the, and so the, the proposal, I haven't, I haven't. You know, I don't know. I haven't seen any, and I'm going to ask you this, with the with the universal background check proposals that you've seen on the federal level. So right now, I'm able to bypass Nick's with, with the Texas license to carry. Who the same way, of course, down here. Uh, go Texas, right? But with a universal background check system, does that mean that I can also bypass on a private transfer in Texas? I haven't looked into that. That's why I'm asking that question. It just dawns on me that, holy crap, with all of the stuff I've looked over with that, I haven't looked into that aspect of things, right? So I can go into an FFL dealer right now, fine, fill out to 4473, pay my money, walk out the door. So it would stand a reason that I should be able to do that privately. Do a bill of sale, and that's your transaction, but not have to go through the NICs because you're not going through NICs anyways at the FFL. That's my point, point My point is I don't see Good exemptions point. or exceptions in any federal leg legislation for that. I don't remember any, right? Exactly. Right. And so that's weird because this conversation brought up something that I haven't even been thinking about. Well, I do a lot of people, yeah. like as much fear mongering as goes, as goes on, right? Like, oh, they're going to take all our guns away. They're going to do universal background checks. It's going to be mass registration. It's the beginning of conf confiscation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, again, sitting here and just saying shall not be infringed. What part of the Constitution don't they understand? I don't know if that's going to stop all that, right? So having an actual conversation with People that are in the position to either it didn't stop in '94, did it? Yeah, if you're going to vote for a universal background check, but now you can wait a time out before you go vote for that universal background check. Let's have a real conversation. Let's understand all of these people who have security clearances, who are carrying badges and having flashy red and blue lights in your hometown. People who've already gone through all these background checks. People who are demonstrating responsible firearms ownership at their local clubs. People who are known in the competition community to other people in the competition community. I'm not talking about celebrities. I'm talking about you go shoot IDPA with them every weekend. The, the, the idea that you're going to make them jump through another hoop and 
prevent me from giving a gun to my daughter as a gift without the government getting involved? That, it's lunacy. But we have to do more than just st stomp and say, line in the sand. Because guess what? Line in the sand isn't changing anybody's mind. Absolutely. Before we move on, I want to uh, thank HBO Matt there. $5 Super Chat said suicide rate is completely decoupled from method. Uh, only taking firearms from a psychotic bent on murder-suicide lets him burn down a school. Okay, so what basically he's saying is, is there are other tools to their disposal for anyone? We know that. No matter what, they, if, if people want to harm someone, they're going to find a tool that they can get their hands on, whatever that tool may be. Uh, but I want to say thank you to HBO Matt. Um, all Super Chats, as you guys know, all Super Chats on this channel go directly to sending care package to our troops downrange. So uh, thank you so much for that. It takes $15 to send a care package. Uh, $15 is only. So if you've got $15, not saying give it to here, but if you've got $15, um, put together a care package. I've done videos on it. They can tell you where to find what they need and all that stuff. Uh, care package for our troops downrange. Um, so, you have, Clover, do you have a follow-up you want to bring up real quick? Uh, yeah, I can in a minute. Just bring Yehuda up. That's why I okay, put a note. That's, that's why I put a note. That's why I put a okay. note in the chat so I wouldn't forget Perfect. what I was going to ask. So I do want to bring Yehuda in, and um, I think Stephen out there said, but um, happy belated Passover to you, and hope your Thank weekend you. was wonderful. Um, so I want to bring you in and kind of get your take on the whole situation and if you have questions or comments towards rob as well um we're, we're trying to get as much information out there that we can so that we're not first of all i want to say this we're not telling you to believe rob we're not telling you to believe me clover yehuda we're not even saying to listen to our opinions we're saying open your eyes that there is a bigger picture out there. Try to understand a big picture in a long game. And whatever you come up with, if you still come back and say, I think Robin goes and Yuda and Clover are all full of shit and they're crazy, so be it. But don't just go off the surface, okay? Do your own research and don't listen to any of us. Do your own research, come up with your own opinion, and then we can have a discussion. But uh, anyways, you who don't want to bring you in, and first, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Um, but yeah, um, I want to let you have the floor for a second and address Rob or the, the chat or whoever. So I'm one of these people that I... I know John Korea has his big thing, right? The 72-hour rule, right? Where after any kind of shooting, you got to wait 72 hours before you start making judgment calls on whatever happened because facts are going to come out. Now, everything that blew up with Rob, I kind of – it was this past weekend, right, Rob, I think? Uh, yes. Right, okay. So I literally was offline from Friday – so Friday night till Sunday night, right? finishing off Passover. So I, I turned on my computer and I see literally, you know, Rob is being lynched outside. I mean, he, he's just being dragged through the mud. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did he say now? Um, right? Like, that was my first reaction. Uh, but I... I I am still watching everything unfold. I am still watching Rob's responses to everything. But I think there are, are a lot of people out there who are um, a lot smarter than me in terms of 
they will ask the questions that I won't necessarily think of. So I'm just sitting back, taking everything in. And, you know, there, there are certain things that Rob said that I don't necessarily agree with. But overall, I don't think what he's saying is, is bad. I think if we could find some sort of common ground, and I know now people are going to drag me through the mud, right? I think if there is a way to find some sort of common ground, that would be fantastic. However, based on what I've seen and based on the four, four and a half years that I've been in this industry, I think finding common ground with the ones that want, at least the ones that are making the laws, the ones who are actually trying to pass laws I think it's nearly impossible to find that common ground. It would be fantastic if we could, and maybe maybe I'm not seeing it. Maybe I, I'm not seeing it the way Rob is, which is fine. Um, he's been in this industry of a lot longer than I have. But like I said, common ground would be fantastic. That's how you're going to get things done. Um, but I, I don't think that you'll be able to find that much common ground with people who are willing to actually listen from the anti-gun side. So, like I said, I don't really have any questions for Rob right now. I mean, I thought you guys brought me on because of my looks tonight. You need, you need some eye candy. but Maybe you, uh, look good. you do look good. I'll just say that. I pray. I appreciate that. But, uh, no, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm just kind of keeping my head down, soaking up everybody's everybody's rebukes at Rob and, you know, Rob actually, and now Rob, I'm talking, I'm talking about you if you're not here, but um, I think you understand what I'm saying is that, you know, people are rebuking him. I, I like to see Rob's responses because that's the only way I'm really going to get educated in the entire situation without, you know, making a fool of myself. Well, I, th I think a lot of what's what you're saying right there, and what Robert's been saying, even what Clover, it, it, I think what everyone, whether or not in a public forum, the people that are howling at the move want to admit it, when it comes right down to it, and Rob mentioned this earlier on, as a gun owner, and someone who is people will they'll call themselves two way advocates or activists and all that, for anyone out there that puts themselves in that in that group and you ask them honestly if we have an opportunity to take some of the statistics that the anti-guns use against us and a lot of them are we all know that two-thirds of, of crime with firearms are suicide if we can take that number down to almost zero, and we can do a lot of different things, not get hands into people that shouldn't have them legally. If the government's already said, here's the criteria that it takes to be a gun owner. If you don't fit this criteria, then we're saying as a government, then you shouldn't have firearms. If we can do something to make sure that that happens, then our quote unquote numbers are probably going to come down so that they don't have an argument on the statistical side. If you ask someone and they don't tell you that they're all for that, then either they're crazy or they don't see the big picture. So I, when I was talking with Rob, I said, look, I get the sentiment of this article. This can help, you know, the, the idea of keeping guns away from people that don't need to have them, keeping guns away from people that we don't want to have them, 
can only help us as a community long term. Long game here. But people don't want to hear that. I think it's ironic that you're talking about, and, and this is something that I didn't know, and Rob brought it up to me. And before we, I'll, I'll let people come in and all that, but Clover and I were talking about this earlier. And, and Rob, you educate, and I didn't know this, and in Massachusetts, apparently the NICS system is public. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? It's not creating a law, creating enhanced background, but maybe publicizing and making the entire NIC system public so that anyone can voluntarily access a background check on someone before they do that. And I think that side of the argument is intriguing. Um, is that something that you're talking about is instead of passing a law saying we're going to enhance background checks, why don't we just public make the NIC system public so that anyone can voluntarily access it, not make it made? Because I think that's what people are upset about is, Mandatory universal background checks. Yeah, of course, as would I be. That's not sure, word, right? Like I'm, and that's why it's just it's. And again, I'm gonna, you know, if Maj is watching, or when he watches, or when somebody sends him a link, I, I think even something you just said is 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 overstepping it, right? This idea that if the government decides somebody shouldn't have a gun, right? right? Like I don't, I don't even know, like. That's not what the Constitution says. That's not what the Second exactly. Amendment says. So, but but I also don't sit here like I don't. I don't Harry Potter is not coming by later. Like I don't know who's gonna like wave wave the magic wand and get us back to that, right? Like we've got a couple of generations of forefathers who dropped the ball on gun laws and gun restrictions. Now, having said that, the other thing is who amongst us is going to sign off on the belt-fed machine gun vending machines at the middle school, right? Like, like where's that, where's that group of gun owners that are willing to say, yeah, I'm cool with that. I, I'm, I'm fine with the, the, you know, nine-year-old getting a micro Uzi out of the vending machine and trick, you know, going unsupervised at recess to go shoot. Cause that shall not be infringed. Right. Oh, oh right. Wow, being ridiculous. Uh, well, am I, because I see a lot of people telling me shall not be infringed was real simple. Right. I, I guess it maybe it's not that simple because I don't know that many gun owners who are going to sign off on that. So so can I say, yeah, that's what the Constitution says. Can I absolutely also say, you know, the Constitution has this weird clause that tries to convince the government that the reason they should not infringe on our gun rights is because the government might need us to defend the government and our way of life. You know, I, I'm I'm not sure that's like the best argument I, I like the self-preservation personal defense argument and if we decide as a collective that we have a country worth defending we have a, a lifestyle worth defending then we can do that militia thing We're really there but i'd much rather have the right to personal self-preservation self-defense and leave my guns alone because i'm a libertarian i might just want to shoot them because they're fun and cool that i'd love right but that's that a crazy thing to think of but again i'm not <laughs> i'm not anti-gun Right. So that's the thing. Right. So, yeah, the universal background check is the end of private transfers. And the end of private transfers is the beginning of the gun registry, which is the first step that someone has to have in place in order to do confiscation. That's not door to door sweeps with the U.N. soldiers, you know, like we were told Obama was going to do, which was a fundraising silliness that some people sure. fall for. Apparently. Right. But this idea that, you know, you can do confiscation if you have a drone army. Right. That shows up or a clone army, I guess, if you're into Star Wars, you can ha you can do confiscation without a registry, by the way. They did it in New Orleans. Right. They didn't they didn't have a registry in New Orleans when they went door to door after the hurricane and said, do you have any guns in the house? If you do, give them to us at gunpoint. 
right? So let's not pretend that gun debt registry is the only way confiscations get done, right? I don't think that any of us, I don't think any of us are going to be giving up the guns when they come knocking on the door. But I also don't think we are in a place where we're going to see them come knocking on the door. And I will tell you that having 40 million people I can privately transfer a gun to is going to make it a lot harder, right? And being able to 3D print as many guns as I want without having to register them anywhere is going to make it a lot harder. Being able to, to, to use raw materials or a gun kit to build guns that never go through a background check and never go through a wholesaler and never go through a distributor, it's going to make it a lot harder, right? So these are the things I'm fighting for. These are the things I want to do because I can't just live in this fantasy land on the internet where I use a fake name and a cartoon character to say shall not be infringed and the world's better. Yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, and Clover kind of was Clover, alluding to this in the chat too. Clover. He takes he takes plenty of offense to it, but he should. Um, I'm offended yeah. by that. I shouldn't be offended by that, shouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, you should. Absolutely. Excuse me? Hiding hiding behind hiding behind? What? What what what? I can guarantee you I guarantee you if somebody wants to know anything and everything about me, it is not difficult to do. You are inept at working the Google if you if you if you can't figure everything out about my entire life. Seriously. But First anyway. of all, his camera is on. That's just him. Yeah, yeah, just, right. yeah. No, but I, but I, I want to bring up something that uh, the hypocrisy in general, not just towards firearm owners, but on well, I'm up to about it. well, I'm up to three. I'm up to three things now. So you just keep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. But, I am eventually um, going to dinner, so I'll give you. Oh, not tonight. You're not. No, you might as well room service it. <laughs> <laughs> Bill is a ghost tactical. It's all good. Cool yeah. I don't have. I don't have solar. I'll, I'll, I'll order a pizza and deliver it to you. I don't have have NRA money. I can't get room service here. (laughs) Apparently you do. Uh, Apparently you're trying to get a job with Biden also. I left left the government jobs for a whole bunch of reasons. I don't want another one. But I want to talk about hypocrisy real quick. There's hypocrisy on all sides of this argument. But I I, I find it funny. And that's not a question. It's just a statement. I find it funny. And there's no one indirectly that I'm going to. It's just a general statement that there are a lot of people out there that shall not be in friends, gats and flag, you know, from my cold, dead hands that buy every gun from a gun shop. Right. So if you're two way and all of that shall not be friends, then why are you, why are you buying from a gun shop where you legally have to fill out a 4473? Just saying, it's, just, it's a quick statement and all that. So, Clover, I'm going to give you 11 seconds to get all three uh, thoughts in. <laughs> uh, the, the gentleman from Texas uh, humbly, re- humbly request, uh, you know, filibuster time here. What are you talking about? So, anyway, right. uh, no. 11, 13 so seconds. Number one, when we talk about this idea of keeping the guns out of the hands of people, right? I think most people, people get really crazy at that idea because they think most people are and and maybe this goes into a later point i've got maybe it's a communication issue but they're like oh who who decides that blah 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 well when you fill out a 4473 there's questions and check boxes so that's basically a standard that has been put in play now we could argue whether that standard needs to completely go away or whether those need to change that's a totally different issue than there is a standard that exists right for us to work within. So that's number one. Um, Number two, when we come back to this idea of common ground, um, again, 
we we're talking about uh, an issue many times where the the firearm is not the root of the problem and so common ground regardless can be found in the actual issues right a lot of the issues are again are socioeconomic it has to do with income disparagement it has to do with jobs availability it has to do with good schools it has it has to do with a lot it has to do with parenting right a lot of the things that we've talked about here, they have zilch to do with guns, right? So when we when we talk about common ground, it's kind of the same mistakes. And again, get into the overall thing of, of communication here that I'll, I'll hit on in just a second. But it gets into a, a situation to where people misunderstand and they think that, oh, well, you know, you're you're just you're trying to work with it. No, I'm trying. I am trying to work with an anti-gunner, but I'm trying to work with an anti-gunner to get them to see that the problem is not the firearm. And if we work together to fix this socioeconomic issue, guess what? We affect the crime rate, which doing extra gun control is not going to do anything to fix. We know this. Right. So why why would we not focus concerted efforts on all sides on the actual root of the problem third that gets me into this communication which is what we coming back to around to what kind of when rob uh, stopped talking there for a while we were talking about uh just having that conversation and being able to communicate and we fall down a lot and i did uh i did reach out to rob through like text or something after i read that article and he linked me to the to the video with Maj, which was amazing. Maj is one of those people that uh, is great at nuance. He's great at all of this stuff. We can all learn some communication uh, tact. We can learn from Maj for sure. Um, but there is there is a, a certain way that you have to communicate with certain segments. So number one, you've got to know your audience. You've got to know who you're talking to. Number two, you've got to know the methods and mechanisms with which you use to approach said audience, then you got to know what to, how to convey the message to that audience. Then you got to know what language to put that message in, right? There's steps to proper communication. Now, all of us fall to shorthand. Why? Because we all know each other. We have all these people out in the chat. I could name off 20 names of people in the chat that I talk to on a regular basis online. And when I say something like Demo Ranch, something that simple, somebody out there is going to throw out a hashtag. And I'm going to get emails and, and bad press because somebody threw that hashtag out there. Why? Because they have no context over what that means when somebody does that, right? That's some nuanced thing that happened two or three years ago that there's some people that remember the story and everything behind that. So what happens is you have these, this new blood coming in. We're communicating. We're not identifying a lot of times. We'll put blame on us. A lot of times we're not identifying that we're talking to new people. We're talking to people that don't get the nuance. We're talking to people that don't spend the time to deep dive into the text and the meat of an article. We're talking to people that maybe, you know, they fall on one side or the other as far as whether they're, you know, the 3%, whether they're middle of the road, whether, you know, they're, they're mildly left of the fence, whether they're hardcore liberal, right? All of these things, again, that goes into identifying your audience. And, you know, I think, I think we fall short of that. I think we all fall short of that. All four of us on this panel, everybody out there in the chat, and everybody that's going to comment down in the comments later on, we're all human, and we all could use a lot of work honing our communication skills. Yeah, I want to um, talk 
Real call up there is a lot easier than the typing it. Sorry, right? Real call up there. And I, basically, what I said is, is if someone's two way, blah, blah blah, why are they filling out forty four seventy three? Since some people in some states don't have that choice, they have a choice. If you're so two a and that is your one issue that you're that two way, then I'm not going to live in a state. That's my choice to live in that state that requires forty four seventy threes for all transfers. The choice is, is if, if I'm that two-way, I'm getting the hell out of a state that's going to require on all transfers of Florida 4473. So that's what the hypocrisy is. If I'm so two-way, but yet I still live in a state that requires that, probably leaving that state. I mean, that's just, I mean, I, I know people say, well, you can't because of job. There's jobs in every state. I'm just saying, if, if that's the point of your life, that is the line in the sand of an infringement then you have the choice to get out, you know. Well, um, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go to escape all infringements. Let's be honest. That's what I'm saying. That's nowhere on the planet. You don't have to. As I've said for years, like there's a difference between complying and compromising and accepting yes. and resenting. Like all these words mean different things, right? So if you are, I, I comply. I have a FFL. I have an SOT manufacturer importer right by the it, way it, you're so two-way that you're you actually can manufacture firearms you're and, so and anti like you know, yeah but you're 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 anti-gun but but the but the irony here is i don't think any of that should be necessary but i accept mm -hmm. the reality of it being necessary i don't if somebody wants to I, I, okay i'm teaching in new york do, do i don't ask my students where they got their magazines. I don't check my students' magazine capacity. I, I We know the SAFE Act, it still says seven rounds. Nobody was only loading seven rounds and, and the, the state does not enforce the seven round capacity anyway, but they do apparently enforce a 10 round capacity, but I don't know, I guess I forgot to check. I use percentages. I say load your magazines full, load your magazines 50%, load your magazines 80%. And I'm going to be teaching in Massachusetts in a couple of days. Same thing. I was in New Jersey a couple of days ago. I don't care, right? What's hilarious is, you know, Masad Ayub, the president of the Second Amendment Foundation, makes people fill out a piece of paper that says they are a person of good conduct for years or have right. a concealed carry permit or get a... a there used to be a point if you didn't have a concealed carry permit in certain states, you couldn't go to his class, yeah. period. Now, now, but he's the president of the Second Amendment Foundation. Nobody busts his balls, right? Because why? Because he's because he's you know quiet. He doesn't he doesn't rattle cages. There aren't a lot of people that have a bunch of grudges about him. He's been a mentor of mine, right? I mean, I'm not trying to badmouth him. I'm just saying when you look around the community and you see people who when when your favorite YouTube guy is shooting with a suppressor and shooting full auto, guess what? He's compliant. Okay, so he can he can pound the table as much as he wants. But the, the guys with the balaclavas that are 3D printing guns and not disclosing their locations, maybe they're not compliant. I, I don't know, right? And if they're being civilly disobedient, maybe in some capacity because they could certainly, their YouTube channel could be traced, their Twitter hack could be hacked, right? But at the end of the day, the guy that's sitting here in New York running classes for people, not giving a shit if they have a New York State card, or not, and just knowing that they're here to do sincere work and they strike me as good people, and by the end of the day, I don't consider them strangers. Like, uh, I mean, look at look at what's happening, right? Look at what's really going on. You know, again, I, I published this article. You talk about communication, Clover. It's really important to remember that 
you can't, if you will dry, you will just stop talking if you want to make everybody happy. That's not going to happen. You're not going to make everybody happy. Take the most popular guy in the world. You, you know, he's not popular. Not everybody likes him, right? So, so the idea that you're going to make everybody happy through your communications is, is naive. It's silly. And I know that's not what you meant. But when you talk about effective communication, then the audience does matter. And it's probably pretty obvious that Dan Gross and I have separate existing audiences, right? We have separate people that Correct. already trust us and already listen to us. And if what we're trying to do is convince some people that might be in a position to pass laws or write laws or propose laws or support laws or vote on laws that I don't want passed and that he thinks are unfair to American gun owners and won't do any good to reduce negative outcomes, we together might be able to influence those people. But there's going to be a lot of people on both sides who are not going to like the verbiage we use because I'm not in the corner pounding the table. And because he already turned his back on and threw some of those people under the bus a long time ago, um, it's just it's just that's the nature of the beast. So being, you know, I mean, I'm not asking for like a medal, but but that it'd be, it'd be way easier to just talk about appendix carry and and, you know, home defense tactics and just stay in my niche and in my lane or whatever. But I gave that up a long time ago. So, you know, it'd be easier for Mike Sedini to just be importing guns and selling them. But he's out there raising awareness for Walk Talk America. He's not even in the import business anymore. It'd be a lot easier for Maj to just be chilling out and talking about the, the you know, rights of, of the urban community to have guns and to do training and do the things he originally was doing with Black Guns Matter. But he's in a, involved in a hell of a lot more than that now. Right. That's uh, there, there is it'd be easier for Kevin Dixie to just teach tactics with his firearms courses. But he's, he's been doing aiming the truth and talking about civil rights and education. He's doing a lot more than that. Yehuda, you're, you, this is really Yehuda, This is kind of where we talked about, you know, uh, you joining the show. You have I know you don't want to talk about my thing. That's fine. But you have talked about this this kind of cancel culture, identity politics thing. So, I mean, I'd love to, to have you maybe, you know, not just be the eye candy tonight, but, but get into that a little bit more because it's not just me. We talked about it before right. you got on the show. Lots of people have been getting attacked lately. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Rob and I were talking, was it uh, like two days ago or yesterday? I don't even remember. It's all been a blur the last like eight days. Um, but no, like something came out that uh, this is how I kind of got onto the show tonight, Trey, because uh, Rob was saying I should come in and talk about it, about, you know, the cancel culture and how George Armani in I think it was their Manhattan store came out with this blazer that was black in like gray stripes and this big uh, Instagram account called stand with us, which is obviously uh, a pro Jewish pro Israel, you know, fighting anti-Semitism page <laughs> did a comparison shot of that blazer and a, a concentration camp uh, uniform, and they were saying like, "Oh, look, it's reminiscent. How can they let have, how can they let this slip through the cracks? How can they have? How can George Armani have posted? You know, uh, selling something so anti-Semitic? And I mean, I literally lost it. I mean, I, I I know Rob saw what I wrote, but I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is what you're going for? You have." <clears throat> Constantly kicked off flights when no one else is being kicked off flights. You have Jew, uh, a husband and wife and child being stabbed in the park on a walk, all Jews, and you're you're taking your ridiculousness and trying to cancel 
a ugly as hell blazer from George Armani because it was a black and gray, you know, striped uh, blazer that no one, no one in their right mind would have made the comparison that, oh, look, well, I guess, I guess, well, in the right mind, one right? Yeah, you know, one person. They weren't clearly in the right mind. Um, would make that comparison, and, and it, it's ridiculous. Like I, I, I just went ballistic on Facebook, and I was so mad because it just it absolutely minimizes the real point and and what we really need to be fighting with. And unfortunately, in the Jewish world, um, people are constantly embracing this victim mentality, trying to score points. And I'm out there talking about, no, look at Jewish history. Yes, I'm not saying forget about the Holocaust, but stop being a victim. Start being a, start being a warrior mentality, right? Stop thinking like a sheep led to slaughter. Start thinking like David versus Goliath, Right. We have a rich history of warriors. We need to start embracing it. Stop being a victim. And just this whole cancel culture, it, if you disagree with one little thing, it just it, it, it irks me. It's very similar to people within our own nation, our own community, doing the social media thing. There's a group of people out there that they – all they want is the sky is falling drama. Why? Because they know that's the sexy thing. They're going to grow numbers. Uh, I know people, and we all know people personally, that three years ago will publicly admit they weren't two-way, but then they also realized their stuff wasn't growing. They start going two-way, sky is falling. Now look at them. So there's there's the fear-mongering happens and everything. Uh, we do have a caller online right now. So uh, who is this and, and uh, what you got? Hey, uh, Trey, thanks for having me on tonight. This is Pat Hirsch. And, hey, Pat, uh, how you doing, man? For, uh, oh, doing pretty good, doing pretty good, just enjoying the show. Uh, definitely a lively conversation tonight, I will put it that way. Sure. <laughs> um, I just want to thank Rob for coming on tonight and uh, kind of uh, giving his side of the story to everything and uh, giving him a chance to explain, you know, everything that's going on. So I'm one of those guys, I'm like, uh, Yehuda, I tend to sit back for a little bit, take in the information, and then give my thoughts on it instead of just one of these people that'll just jump straight through a hoop and on fire and go like, "No, oh, he's he's wrong, he's wrong, he's wrong, he's wrong." No, I'm I'm not that kind of guy. I like to sit back and form an opinion a little bit. But uh, I kind of wanted to uh, double back on a. Sure. Uh, deal that rob was talking about um as far as lines in the sand go yeah go for uh, it yeah question go ahead go for it yeah um as far as lines in the sand go I, i've got to disagree with him just a little bit but I, I i see where he's coming from on it um everybody's got a line in the sand depending on how far forward or how far back it actually goes but at the same time, if you don't have a line in the sand somewhere, how do you know when somebody's going to That's a so, great question. Anyway, that's, that's just my two cents on it. Yeah. And I, I know everybody's different on it. But so, anyway, yeah. yeah, that's and, and I don't disagree with him totally on that by any means. But just sometimes the guy's got to have a line in the sand somewhere or else 
I hear you. Well, thanks for calling in, Pat, and we'll uh, we'll let Rob go ahead and answer that. But that, thanks for calling in, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, thank you, guys. Right. Peace yeah, out. That was Pat. Pat was Pat. Thanks, Pat. I Pat, Pat Hurst. Yeah, Pat Hurst. Yeah. And the tone and and like the sincerity there. I think that it, I, I'm not saying I don't have a hypothetical. You could say to me, "Would you allow this?" And I can tell you that there's a whole bunch of things you could say, would you allow this? And I would say no to. I think there's a whole bunch of things you would say, would you allow this? And I would say it depends. I think if you'd have asked me, you know, 30 years ago, if I would have accepted things, I might say no to things that I've accepted. Uh, I might say yes to things. Uh, I might say yes to things that I haven't accepted. Right. And that's not just in guns. That's like everywhere. Right. That's in relationships. That's you mean we have to evolve as humans. No. Right. So, so I, so I knowing that I have been educated about things, knowing that I have been wrong about things, knowing that I have misjudged people, that I have misjudged people's intentions in the past for me to say, I absolutely know that today I can tell you, there's no way I would change my mind about something like, would you register your ARs if you were told you had to? I doubt that I would do that. I can imagine that I might register a couple. There's already a couple that are on the books anyway, right? But probably not all of them, right? So the idea that I'm going to say, absolutely not, no way, I will shoot before I register a gun. Or the idea that I would say, absolutely, I would register all of them because they're still going to have to fight me if they want to take them away. I don't think either one of those things would be true, for example. And I've heard plenty of people say, uh, my line in the sand is ARs. Okay, well, like, but apparently not ARs with a bump stock, or you'd already not be on the internet telling me about how awesome you are, right? So, you know, or, or apparently not ARs with a short stock, I'm sorry, a short barrel in a stock, right? Because there you are with an SBR, or there you are with a braced pistol, right? So apparently not full auto ARs, right? Or, or an auto, AR that you can make full auto without paying a $200 back stamp because you there you are with a semi-auto or there you are with a registered machine gun or there you are with an SOT drilling a third hole so that you can experimentally design a fully automatic gun that you might sell to a local law enforcement agency. You know, and I think people forget, go back, he goes back to the hypocrisy, right? Um, there's a guy who's been attacking me a lot for the last six, seven months and I just keep asking him like, hmm, you own an ammo company, you ship an ammo to individuals in California yet? Or are you complying with the restriction that says you can't and you will actually have to face the penalties, face fines, face imprisonment, lose your license, not be able to ship ammo if you try to violate the law that says you can't let somebody freely purchase ammo from your business and ship it to, to California. So I, I guess the, the, yeah, the, the hypocrisy with that one is strong. What's that? <laughs> I said the hypocrisy with that one is strong. Oh, man. So, so the idea that, that you are going to say, Pat, everybody's got to have a line in the sand. I think that's true. I, I, I'm absolutely, I'm not saying I would never, uh, you know, re rebel. I'm not even saying I would never not comply. Completely. I'm not even going to sit here and say that I'm completely in compliance all the time. You know, everybody who knows how I drive knows I'm in compliance all the time, right? I mean, I just posted the story to my video, taking a picture and texting while driving <laughs> stiff through Manhattan and I think pretty sure you can read the speedometer. I wasn't going 22. So, uh, right. you know, don't the idea that I'm like, Mr. Comply with everything is kind of overblown and silly. Anyway, 
What I will yeah. say is I think it's very, very disingenuous to show up on a podcast or go to your Instagram and say you have a line in the sand when it's not being tested. If you want to go, now yeah. Maj, Maj, is, Maj says I carry everywhere, right? Now, yeah. I think Maj, is, I don't, Maj isn't carrying on a plane. I doubt he was carrying at the U.S. Capitol last week when he was there. He went to the White House once, I think. I doubt he was carrying at the White House. So some of that's hyperbole and, and a little bit, you know, tongue in cheek. But he is very open and challenging in public media to say, hey, I'm in a place right now where I can't legally carry, but I carry all the time. Now, does that stop local law enforcement from rolling up and saying, well, you just admitted you were committing a felony and we have a warrant to search your body and to search your vehicle? That could happen. Right. Yep. He takes that risk every time he says that. That's a lot different than somebody telling me they're not going to turn in their AR, you know, and because and it hasn't been tested. So I don't know. And I think it's real easy to get cheap likes and a cheap round of applause from our community right now by saying you won't do something while you're doing a whole bunch of other things, which I just think is is silly. Um, the other thing that happens is I've tried to answer that question in the past. Right. Like, would you turn in your ARs? No. Would you register them? I don't know what I mean. I just gave you a line yeah. of sand. Can we move on? You know, because it's a gotcha, right? Then it's then mm -hmm. it's a gotcha. Well, would you register? Well, what, but do you have any right now that aren't registered? Well, we don't even have a registry anywhere that I've lived or that I do live, right? So I mean, do you mean that I've done a background check for? Do you? We're not talking about me, Rob. We're talking about you. So it just becomes this really infantile conversation for for me in public space to say, "Where's my line in the sand?" And and Kevin right. Dixie is the one I, I've heard say it the most. He, he, you'll know when he reaches his line, he doesn't need That's to right. tell you, and men don't need to tell men where their line is. They just need to either trust each other or not, and, and it'll get it'll get played out the way it's going to play out. And, and I really I have to get that approach. Uh, now I tell people all the time, I'm pretty laid back for the most part. Um, if you ever want to know if I'm pissed at you, you won't have to wonder very much. That's just the way I am. Uh, we got another call real quick. Uh, let's take this call. Armed Citizen Podcast, who you got? Hello? Hello? I was getting crank called the other day for 45 minutes, like 11 at night. It might be that guy. Armed Citizen Podcast, who's this? Okay. Thanks for calling. Um, I did the, the, other night, the other night, it was like Thursday night, I think I was getting, I got a call around 10.30, 10.45 at night, and I answered, it was like, no caller ID, you know, hey, is it Rob? Is this the Rob that's anti-gun? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, who's this? I thought it might be somebody joking around, like, well, who's this? It doesn't matter who I am. You know, it sounded like a 23-year-old kid, probably with two beers right. in um, and hung up, and then, you know, every 30 seconds for about an hour, um, that went on, you know? So it's just, there's, yeah. again, it's that kind of stuff, that just, that's what gets annoying. Right. Well, I think it's interesting because we, we talk about this. Clover and I talk about this, not uh, gun stuff, just in general life. But we talk about this a lot. But it's just one of those things. Um, I guess that was HBO Matt. Yeah, call back, bro. Uh, we could not hear a word you said, so call back. Um, but black and white isn't good. 95% of life is in the gray. Yep. And so lines are not necessarily a good thing. I think for internal ethics and morals, everyone, like you said, everyone has a line and you'll know when you cross that line, but life in general shouldn't have lines, black and white separation. It's life is gray. The good stuff in life is, is in the gray and you've got to take and you've got to give and give and take. It's just, it's, it's one of those things, but I think people that live their lives in black and white, 
I'll put it this way. If the people do that, that's fine. I couldn't do that. I, I don't believe in absolutes. I don't. There's no in my mind, there's no such thing as absolute anything. Because I I can logically defend both sides of every argument. Whether or not I believe with believe in both sides, I can logically make an argument. I can sit there and go on someone's podcast for an hour and a half and play devil's advocate, and no one would know and yeah. piss a lot of people off. Because I can logically come see that side. That doesn't mean I agree with it. But being able to see a bigger picture, being able to understand a long game, being able to understand what thoughts are is part of communication. If 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 you can't understand the other side, then you're going to lose that argument every time. If you refuse to see the other side, you're going to lose that debate and argument every single time. Um I still wait in HBO. If you're out there, go ahead and uh, call back if you want to. It is what it is. Uh, Clover, you're, I don't know if you're back or not. You got to step out, but is there anything? We haven't come to you for a while. Anything that you want to kind of uh, rehash and bring? I don't want to keep Rob much longer as he does have to eat. And, 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 and I don't want to be blamed for putting him through a starvation enhanced interrogation tactics. I'm just saying. That's what the, yeah, I, I didn't think about that. That's, I'm, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> oh, damn I'm it. I should have said that. <laughs> we we but we did provide you with water. We 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 allowed water to come into your hotel room. Anyways, uh Clover, if you're back, go ahead and, and have um have yeah. <laughs> Steven Otis says only cis deal in absolutes. Exactly. So there you go for the, the Star Wars reference. Clover, you got the floor, bro. I, I'm good, man. Um okay. I can't necessarily I can't necessarily think of anything. Yehuda, you have anything else you want to bring up or anything? In my in my uh Long 36 years of living. Uh, oh, 37. Sorry. Just I, just, I, just, I, I just turned 37. I totally forgot about that. Um, no, I really did. My my birthday was Friday. Um, yeah, Happy Rob birthday. and I have the same birthday. I didn't know that. No kidding. I didn't know yeah. that. Happy birthday, bro. Uh, yes, I, I, I totally. If you have to pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, hold on here. Armistice and Podcast. Who's this? Can you hear me, guys? I can hear you, bro. What's up? Yeah, it's HBO, Matt. Yeah, man. What you got? Uh, quick question for Rob, because he never directly answered the question on how do you square his call for expanded or enhanced background checks with being pro-Second Amendment. He explained what his plan was and why he liked it, but he didn't expand on how does that square? How do you argue that with being a pro-Second Amendment person who thinks gun laws that restrict people's rights are unconstitutional and i mean as for the substance like i said in the super chat he, he's focusing on mental health and suicide rates and all of this and keeping people from getting guns is not the answer it's like what clover was saying japan's got a rare suicide rate six times ours and they've got maybe a couple hundred legal guns in the entire country that are only used by deer hunters. If somebody's mental health is so bad that a doctor without a judge's signature should be able to keep you from getting your guns, you shouldn't be in public anymore. You shouldn't be around your family anymore. You need to be in a psychiatric state or you need to be in jail. Okay, so let me get this straight because I want to I make sure that Rob gets the right question. You're saying that 
how can you call I mean, I'm just paraphrasing, but are you asking him how how can you consider yourself pro two A when you're for enhanced background? Is that the question, or do you want to reword the question? Yeah, him? that's that's the that, that's the pretty much the thing he didn't answer was. So he wants a direct answer, Rob. Calling. Whoop. Uh oh, I don't know if we dropped or we hit the button by mistake, but uh, I think he gave the gist of the question, Rob. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I think there's two what? things there I want to comment. First, I, I will try to give as direct an answer as possible. It's a how, right? So it's it, it, that requires a subjective answer, right? If you ask me, do I think I can put forth the proposal I've put forth, have the conversation I'm having and still be considered pro 2A, the answer is absolutely yes. How? is, is a probably a little more complex. And I think this, I get accused of not being direct, but the reality is that's, that's kind of hard to answer directly. I feel like I've spelled that out. I don't think right now, any of us are in any kind of realistic position to snap our fingers or write a, a letter to somebody and get background checks wiped away. I think a lot of us should very seriously consider that there could be enough votes in our government right now to create universal background checks or more restrictions that are not going to be anything that are going to are not going to be accompanied by anything like the exemptions and removal of the interstate prohibitions and the opportunities we talked about maybe for direct voluntary access into the NICS system to to even go a step beyond what are the obvious exemptions uh, and all of those things could lead to a registry all of those things could keep law-abiding citizens from being able to get guns because of the hassle, because of the hoops, because of delays, because of understaffing, because of dealers that won't let them do private transfers unless they buy the gun from them, because of fees that they can't afford. Obviously, we talk about socioeconomic impacts. So there's all these things that are that are potentially happening. And, and for me to say, hey, maybe we could get a whole bunch of people who are senators or congressmen who might vote in favor of those things to say, oh, well, maybe that's not necessary. And by golly, here's a bunch of gun owners who think this other thing here is a better step and a step that they aren't going to consider taking away all of our guns. Right. And again, I, I refer you to concealed carry permits. Every person I know in the gun community was super excited about shall issue mandatory training, background checks, fees, and renewals during the concealed carry shall issue wave in the 90s. So maybe you weren't around for that. I don't know. But but I, I absolutely believe the people who fought for shall issue, including me and a whole bunch of other people, were pro-gun, even though they were fighting for shall issue gun laws that came with mandatory training, or sorry, shall issue carry permit laws that came with mandatory training and background checks. Doesn't make us not pro-2A. So, so I hope that makes sense and doesn't sound like a diversion or politics or doublespeak or any of that. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, because Clover did bring this up, and I brought this up on a couple of other conversations. I'm a gun rights advocate. All right. I care about gun rights. I'm not a suicide rights advocate. I'm not even an anti-suicide activist. Right. I think there's a discussion to be had about whether or not somebody should be allowed to quote unquote take their own life. If, if there comes a point in life where somebody says, you know what, I don't, I don't want to suffer through this medical thing. I don't want my family to have to suffer through it. I can't afford to have my family. I want to leave what I have left to my family and I've lived a great life and I want to move forward in this direction. I think that that should be a conversation our society is ready to have. What I don't think is good is for someone to use a gun to make that choice because other options aren't available to them or because they get into a desperate place in an impulsive moment and they have a gun right on their hip or they have a gun right there in that box 
that they can reach for and use without seeking help, without having a conversation, without understanding it, that life and earth are better with them and that their family wants them there and that other friends want them there and there's value and there's future and there's hope, right? So the idea that people are going to find another way, that is, that is naive, all right? Because if you, if I'm in Manhattan right now and, and if you told me, Rob, you just find another way, I'm sure I could. But even in Manhattan, I would have a, at least, you know, a lock to pick or a door to break or a, a you know, master key, you know, to, to chomp through a bolt to get to a roof tall enough for me to jump off a building. Now, when I'm sitting in Denver, there's probably only about eight buildings in Denver that are tall enough for me to be sure that I'm not just going to get messed up if I jump off of it. And, and I think for most people, it's probably not all that easy to get to the top of a tall building and jump off of it. Certainly not as easy as it is for a gun owner to say, I can't handle it. Maybe after some booze, maybe after something else, maybe after that fight with that girlfriend or the parent or the whatever, and reach for that gun that's on their hip and end it right now impulsively. So plenty of medical evidence, plenty of professionals will tell you in the community of mental health professionals that deal with suicide, that suicide is often an impulsive act, that there isn't a, a, a plan, there isn't the will got rewritten. There isn't a, a whole bunch of conversations and closed doors and closure and moving on, but it's a desperate act in an impulsive moment that you can't come back from. So a couple of things. One, you got to accept that reality. If you don't accept that reality, you're not having the right conversation. So there is such a thing as an impulsive suicide that is far easier for the gun on my, with a gun on my hip than it is to jump off a building or poison myself with a 0.3% efficacy rate or jump in front of a train. The other thing is, again, I'm not a tall building advocate. I'm not a train rights advocate. You want a government to come in, you want the government to come in or the government wants to come in and put up tall walls around every train track so nobody can jump in front of a train? I don't care. You want to put nets under uh, the, the top of all the buildings, the top 20 floors of every building that's over 40 stories tall because people might try to jump off it? Go right ahead. I don't care about the extra fees. I don't care about the eyesore. I don't care about the maintenance for the building. I don't care about the taxes. I don't care about it. Put nets under all the buildings. But if you want to restrict my gun rights because of the 36,000 people in some given year that are dead because of, because of something involving a firearm, not because of the firearm, but through something that happened with a firearm that they chose to do to themselves and you want to restrict my gun rights over it, yeah, I'm going to get really excited about reducing firearms involved suicides. And, and I think that should be really understood. And to pretend that it doesn't matter whether they do it with a firearm or they do it with a train, it matters to me because I'm a gun rights advocate. And, and I don't think that makes me a bad person for saying that. And I think there's a lot of people in the gun community who are really disingenuous when they pretend that all suicides are equal and it doesn't matter. Well, I, I, I'm going to go to Clover. I know Clover wants to uh, follow yeah. up on this. But before before we do that, I just want to make one quick statement. Is this, no matter who you're listening to for your news, for your information, whether it's myself, Rob, Yehuda, Clover, anyone and everyone, if you don't like, and this goes for me, okay? I'm not going to put words in Rob's mouth, but I think everyone is going to probably agree with me. I know what I believe in. I know what I stand for. Now, whether or not that I can convey that in my message out to everyone and whether or not everyone's going to agree with everything that I say, I know where my baseline is. I know where my heart stands. If you don't like what's coming out of my mouth, 
then don't watch my shit. Period. There is one way to get around not liking what I'm saying. Don't fucking listen to me. It's simple. So I'm not saying for anyone out there, just in general, before you start saying you have to prove and validate yourself to me for me to listen to you, I'm saying, no, I don't. If you don't like me, then don't listen to me. I don't have to validate myself to anyone because I know where I stand. Yehuda, Rob, Clover, everyone online that knows where they personally stand, if you're waiting for me to validate myself to you or anyone else, then I'm not the guy you need to be listening to. Because I'm going to speak what's on my mind because I know what my heart says. And, and this is not towards anyone out there. This is in general because there are a lot of people sit there and say, I want you to prove to me that I should listen to you. Why? Why should I have to prove anything to you to listen? Don't listen to me. I don't care. So it is what it is. Um, anyways, uh, Clover, I know you wanted to bring up something. Uh, Please. Was yeah, talking- I want to. Mental stuff, yeah. So I want to get on to this this mental health thing, and and yeah, I'm not picking on on Matt too or anything here. Yeah, it's, no, yeah, it's just that he, it's just that he brought it up, right? And so could have been anybody. Um, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna first. He put something out there while I was was thinking. He said uh, Rob just made the impulse argument, same argument used for background check delay period. Two totally separate things with what Rob just said. He literally put his hand on his hip and said, go for the gun impulse in that moment. That means that person already has the firearm and has nothing to do with the background check. We're past that point. Okay. So for, so step back. You're, you're, you're too close. You're too micro focused here, Matt. Seriously, a couple shots or something, whatever you got to do, dial it back. Um, look at a little bit bigger picture. Two other things I would say about, um, what he said on that call is first of all, let's address again, what I talked about the quote unquote prohibited persons list in the 4473. It talks about mentally adjudicated. No, nothing says that a doctor can just report somebody, whatever mentally adjudicated is what we were talking about with that. Then in the context of what Rob just explained now, and what we were talking about earlier, we're talking about voluntary measures. We're talking about that person is talking to their mental health professional and their mental health professional, which if you get through Walk to Talk America, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, jump in here and interrupt me. But if you get through Walk to Talk America, it's likely going to be a pro-gun, pro-2A mental health professional that understands that. And they say, hey, maybe it's a good idea you hand your firearms off to a family member. You call holdmyguns.org you for a few for a few days for a few weeks for a few months right until you can get your head straight a voluntary decision by that person i don't think anybody here has talked about just saying hey that dude's crazy let's go take his guns away with no adjudication with no input from mental health professionals you know with no voluntary measures you know at play i don't think anybody has said that or advocated for that here so we got to be real careful that we we understand the context of what we're talking about here because outside of all of those those i totally agree with matt we agree we got common ground because if it's outside of those parameters i just talked about i agree with 100 percent unequivocally yeah and and i think you might i don't know if you were here you might have been stepped out um we're talking about I brought up you and I talk about this all the time. It's the black white thing is is the gray is where gray. we live. Yeah, we live in the gray. Absolutely. And and you have to understand the if if you're looking at one side, 
you have to understand their side to truly understand if you believe your side. If you don't know what they're trying to do on the other side, how do you truly know that you believe what you think you believe in? People don't want to see it that way. If, if, if you really, really, really want to truly understand what you believe in, then I want you to go and research something on the complete opposite to the fullest amount. Because if you don't do that, then how do you know that you truly believe what you think you believe in without understanding the opposite? So a lot of people don't do that. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great conversation. I know, Rob, it, it was going on two hours. Thanks for coming on. I wanna, I'm want to. i coming to you last, but I want to start with uh, Yehuda. Yehuda, do you have anything that you want to bring up, talk about um, with this conversation? Uh, no, I mean, I think we pretty covered a lot of it. And like I said, you know, I'm I'm – I'm a sponge. I'm, I'm, if I'm asked a question, I'll kind of answer it. But I like, I just like soaking up all the knowledge and and hearing everybody uh, what they have to say. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt says, I don't think that Rob wants crazy red flags to be legal. I do think the focus on guns when dealing with mental health needs the liberal mindset. Um, I can understand what you're saying there. And I, and I think that there is part of that that I would agree with. Um, I think that because here's the thing, when, when, when a mass murder happens, whether it's a Colorado, Atlanta, wherever, they're going to come out with a mental health argument. But what's the, what, what do I, not saying individually, but what do we as a community say no, 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 no. Most of two thirds of those those crimes are, are are suicides. So we basically just disregard the suicide in our own community, whether it's firearm or not. We sit there and say we 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 don't want to claim this because that hurts our stats. We're not going to claim this whole thing, and, and that's wrong uh, to begin with. So yeah, it, it's just one of those things where. Um, I want to say thanks to Matt and to Pat for calling in. Great, great, um, mm -hmm. great questions and all that. And, and the funny thing is, is um, I know there were some people out there that said that Rob probably wouldn't want a direct question. I think he just proved it. he doesn't mind direct questions. He actually because what happens when you answer a question directly? This is all about the conversation. Whether or not we walk away from this, there are going to be things that Rob and I are going to walk away from this podcast and still not 100% agree on. Clover's going to walk away, not agree with everything that was said. We're all going to walk away with different ideas. But the thing is, is we can have a civil conversation, can't we? It's not tar and feather and, hey, the lynch mob's coming for Rob. It's Rob's a big boy. Rob can handle himself. He's been around doing this long enough. But we can have a conversation to say, look, bro, you know what? I love you. I think you're crazy. But tomorrow I'm still going to love you. And we can have a discussion on something else. That's okay to happen. We don't have to be lockstep on everything in our community. Because there's a lot of people in our community I don't like. I have no problem saying that. There's a lot of people that I don't agree with. But I'm not going to sit there and say, I think he's a horrible person because he thinks this. That's bringing in a whole different conversation. I say I don't like his two-way politics. I don't I agree with him on this particular issue. But I'm not going to sit there and say, Rob Pincus is an asshole. No. Rob Pincus is Rob Pincus. 
and we're not always going to disagree with everything. And that, that's the reality. That's the fair, this. Though, I might yeah. actually be an asshole and still. Well, you are an asshole, but I don't, yeah. you know. <laughs> and still not wrong about right. to have a conversation in this country with people we don't agree with. And, and right. I don't care if it's about abortion or religion or gay marriage or whatever, including gun rights. If you're not with you, you said something earlier about understanding. Uh, it's 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 like middle school debate class, right? Like you need to be able to pick out of a hat which side of the argument you're on and make the argument. If you want to be an expert, if you want to be an right. advocate, you need to be capable of talking on both sides of that debate, of that issue. You need to be able to understand the arguments being made. Because I see people, you know, no, they just want to take away our guns. Well, I'm sure some people want to take away our guns, but I'm also sure that there's a whole bunch of other people that you don't agree with and that I don't agree with about what's an appropriate gun restriction that also don't want to take away our guns. And, right. oh, they're being manipulated by the person who wants to take our guns. Maybe. Do you think they're going to stop being manipulated by the person who wants to take away our guns if we just stand right. in a corner and look like assholes wearing plate carriers? No. Right. We're going to have to get involved in the conversation. I'm happy to do it. I'm going to keep doing it. Just, you know, shush or help or ask me direct questions. But talking about me, no. I appreciate you guys yeah. talking to me. What's that going to try? try yeah, man. Go for if, it. If anyone has, should have an issue with Rob, but willing to forgive and forget, it should be me. All right. And let me wait. And what's that right here? Rob, Rob, is going, Rob is going like this. But when I tell, when I, when I say this, Rob will be like, "Okay, I hear you." Okay, has anyone ever been tried to be shipped off to Saudi Arabia as an Orthodox Jew? No. Okay, Rob tried shipping me off to Saudi Arabia. Not yes or no? Money's money. Money's money. That's not what happened. That's you tried shipping me to Saudi Arabia. I introduced you to a potential business contact. Where that went is not your business. <laughs> you had a choice. I left. I didn't like sex traffic you. I just. I made it. A choice. Yeah, you cut. Yeah, you cut. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna. You were gonna uh, throw out the time that I sent um, the, the baby Pinkus up to to punk you at your door. Oh, and then oh right, oh right. And there was that time too when uh, I had you know a, a knock on my door. It's my Sabbath. It's like twelve thirty, one o'clock in the afternoon. I get a knock on my front door and there's baby pink is standing there and I just see Rob in his truck filming me. I'm like, dude, it's my Sabbath. You can't do that. Well, I was filming her to be fair. Right. I don't know what happens. I don't know what, what happens when you open the door. It could have been just some random house. How was he supposed to know that you well, live no, there? Like, well, there's more to it. It wasn't just disrupting <laughs> your religious practice. I, I, I was sending, I sent her up there to, to knock on the door and say she wanted to buy a book. True. Right. So I was trying to give you business. And and you didn't recognize her at first, so there was a moment of. I mean, why? why you you're right. I mean, I didn't because there's this four year old knocking on my door <laughs> trying to buy a book without without any without any notification or no anything. Contest, and then I just because your phone was off because it was the well, Sabbath. right. And then and then I look up and I see this big black pickup truck and I see this guy filming me. I'm like, is that nope, wrong? I was like, filming my daughter. Do that. I was filming my daughter. <laughs> And what's weird is you—you you actually didn't appear in that video. It was just like it was like a blur, like it was a white blur across the whole video. I couldn't—I don't even know. It was, it was crazy. 
Are you saying are you saying Jews are kind of like vampires? Is that what you're getting at, Rob? They don't show up. I think I think Rob just went anti-Semitic on us, man. And this is going to be tomorrow's headline. Rob Pinkett hates Jews. No respect for the Sabbath. Sabbath. I got a text. I'm not going to mention who it was, but I thought it was great. Uh, talking about Rob should do a fundraiser T-shirt for charity. He's going off your play on your tour. He says the Rob Pinkett's Damage Control Tour of 2021 and sell those and donate them to someone. I think but, I'm uh, worse. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. Like I, the woman I was dating was telling me, I, I might. You might need to stop talking. I'm like, nah. You know, uh, Rob. You know, you're gonna you're, you're gonna have a damage control happened. shirt by tomorrow. I, I think isn't that a band? I think it's a band. I don't. You might get me one, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm going to design one. There might you. be one on his. There might be one on mine. But I'll make sure that you get the money to go oh, to wherever you want to go. Simon. So here's the irony. Tony Simon. That's uh, the whole point. Is Tony yeah, Simon was trying to raise money with the fuck Rob Pincus. Yeah. He did the fundraiser, and then uh, with your I permission, do, uh, by the way, I do a birthday fundraiser. Uh, yeah, with my permission, right? Like I, had, I actually had to post the text string because people were texting me like, "Look what Tony's doing." Well, I'm in on the joke, guys. And um, I always do a birthday fundraiser, right? I raised more money this year's birthday fundraiser than I did last year for the birthday fundraiser. So it's like that. Like I think people need to take a step back. Like the somebody you know made the comment. Like I think we we're over reporting the the you know death of Rob Pincus and his influence. Um, if believe me, if if you want me to stop talking about this and you're tired of hearing me talk, kind of to you know, your point, Trey. Like just stop talking about me. I'll stop talking right. about this, and we can go back to three D printed guns, and we can go back to all the other stuff. But maybe there's a reason that that article was published, and maybe this conversation is part of it. You mean that there was an ulterior motive to publishing an article? You're kidding me! Holy, I do not believe that. I don't believe it. Well, um, we'll see. wait till the next we'll article. Wait till people see the next article. Ooh. I love it. The way it looks, it's going to be in a little bit bigger venue than Amaranth. This could be interesting. Uh, no, but I want to say thank you, everybody out there. The chat has been wonderful. And like I said, we can all be friends and not agree on every little bit of everything. So um, I, there were some comments out there. Uh, some really good conversation, but everyone did keep it civil, which is I all I, I, I mean, that's awesome. See, I can't see the chat except for the ones that come up because I'm on I'm on the phone with yeah. the screen yard. And uh and I do appreciate you saying that because some of the stuff has not been civil. Um I, that's I decided right. I decided last year during the corona, like I used to be really super tolerant, but you know, I have it's real simple. If you're spamming, if you just show up in every thread or every picture I post, the pictures of my daughter, and you just yeah. say you you don't you suck. You don't even like guns. You're you're going to get banned. If you're threatening me, you're going to get banned. If you're just foul language abusive, you're going to get banned, blocked. Like I, right. I think that's pretty simple. So I appreciate you saying that this chat was civil because not all of them have been, obviously. Which you know, I'm yeah. not asking for like flowers. I'm just saying you're not getting your message across if if you're just trying that technique. I'm not really paying attention. Yeah, I'm going to give you a few minutes here in just a second to. Maybe talk to people where they can reach you should they want to have conversations through email or whatever. But I want to start with Yehuda and say thanks for coming on, brother. Um, man, I can't wait to see sometime this year. I'm sure maybe NRAM or USCCA or Next Shot Show. 
we need to all go to dinner because it's been over a year since Shot Show 2019 or 2020 yeah. to see each other. But uh, I mean, if, you're, if you're if you if you all are coming in for USCCA, I mean that's that's my home that's turf be right your, there. That's be that's, in your backyard, sure. That's yeah, it's 45 minutes from my house, so you know we I'll throw. You tell me I'll make a barbecue. I'll, barbecue? I'll, have the have the spare bedroom I'm, ready. What are you talking about barbecue? You saved me a whole day, bro. You can you can stay by me. Um, <laughs> by yeah, me, definitely. Not with you. You can bring your fifth wheel and park it in front of my house, but you're not coming into the house. So, so <laughs> what I like what I like about staying with the Yehuda is like Saturday. That's like your Sabbath, right? Friday night to Saturday night. No, so you don't. No, you can't do any work, right? No work. No. What a phones. what a dream, man! What a I, dream. No work. We, we just did a three day stint last week. Um, literally three days. No phone. No computers. No TV. Oh, uh, no no news. I mean, no electronics. It was you. You don't even think about it. I think on one of the days. We actually sat outside, my wife and I, kids, and we ended up having friends throughout the day. We sat outside for nine hours straight, just sitting and talking. No one was on their phones. No, now, it, it's it is cool. So, you want so to? I don't want to get. I don't want to get too crazy off into the weeds. But you say you had friends over, so like Jewish friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they so people. They, People walk over. Oh, they have to walk over. Okay, that's what I was yeah, saying. No, it's yeah, like, no, you can't no, drive, can you? Yeah, no, we cannot. But I'll tell you something. If you want to talk about mental health, try try going three days in, in, in today's day and age. Go three days without turning on a TV, without looking at a computer or your phone. I'm telling you, it is so refreshing. Yep. So. Yep. Knowing that Rob's a media whore, there is no way he could shut himself off for three days, could you, bro? I have. <laughs> I think he was actually shocked that I said that. <laughs> I have. I, three days is my limit, though. Like, I don't. I mean, it is, but it is so refreshing. Even 24 yeah. hours is refreshing, you know? Yeah, out on a boat, uh, uh, up on a mountain, maybe international. Uh, 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 anymore, it used to be more often, right? I mean, now uh, obviously I haven't traveled international for twelve and a half months now, but um, it, it's hard to get away from the internet unless you really want to, right? And I think that yeah. is something cool. And, and you know, Yehuda is, uh, I think, beating me up a little bit. Um, but it is true he wouldn't sell the book to Cindy Lou, so he didn't do that work. I know that. Uh, but it is, uh, but we hung out and it, it, it is a good time and absolutely the, the relaxing time and, and the just kind of not picking up the phone. Right. It is. important, yeah. and, and I'll do it like the, for me, a couple hours at a time sitting, having a genuine conversation, people that know me, you're like, you haven't looked, you haven't picked up your phone. Like, I'm like, well, we're sitting here having an actual real conversation. Right. Yeah. Now, when they go to the bathroom, I look at the phone, but the, the, uh, the, the fact is that, that it is important to shut down. Um, but th but this week, a lot of people ask me like this week, like why don't I just shut my phone down and just let it all blow over? Well, there's nothing that needs to blow over, right? That's one right. of the important things here is there's not like I'm not that's you know I'm not going to go hide. If anything, um, you, you mentioned like reaching out to me. Well, if you're watching this, you know how the internet works. You can find me. I, I have to be one of the like top 17 most accessible people in the gun community for like 20 years, right? So 
you can find me, right? Like I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on the internet. I answer all that stuff directly. If you send it to some business I'm associated with, it's probably going to get forwarded to me. But, you know, you can find me. I have two different Facebook pages that use my name. I have Instagram, I have Twitter, I have a YouTube channel. You can find me. And, and that's, keep that in mind too. If you, if you have somebody that's talking about me, you don't have to come tell me, right? Maybe tell them <laughs> to come yeah. talk to me. All right. It's okay. I recognize that some people don't want to have direct conversations. Hey, Johnny wants to know, Johnny wants to know, Rob, what you think about it. Well, tell Johnny to call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you hear what he said about you? No, because yeah. he didn't call me and say it to me. That's a big clue. Right. right. If I'm not on the show or he's not saying, here's the screenshot of Rob's text message with me, I probably don't know what he's saying. And he probably doesn't know what he's talking about or she. Right. Yeah. Um, Yehuda, I want to give you a few minutes to uh, to plug your book or whatever you've got going on. Tell people where they can find you. Um, I think you just sent me a text, so uh, that is fantastic. I love that is uh, yeah. So um, I am releasing my seventh book in May, and it is called Ten Little Gun Grabbers," and it kind of pokes fun at all of the, you know, red flag laws, fixed nicks, uh, high capacity magazines, or you'll, you'll see what I did in the book. That's really funny. Uh, just, it, it's a great fun book called 10 little gun grabber. So I know I just sent you the, uh, the cover of the book. Love but, uh, it. I'm, I'm starting to promote it right now. So people want to find out more about it. Definitely follow me on Instagram at the pew pew Jew. Do we have a release number, date? Am I number eight or number seven? I forget. That what? Aren't I one of the ten? Am I not? Oh. But that's what you were revealing tonight, that you've included me in the book. I mean, no, you're, you're, you're the guy on the cover that says banned from social media, the Second Amendment. Banned <laughs> from culture, that's right. Uh, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for a May 15th release, Okay. but I'll be, ha I'll be happy with june 1st just sure. you know i have my goal but two week cushion type of thing so pretty Absolutely. pretty stoked about that uh, guys uh if you're not aware uh, or never read any of yehuda's books phenomenal they're all great um so go check out the pewpewjew.com pre-order can you pre-order any of these not yet uh, i'm just doing final changes um, but it, you'll be able to get it. I mean, like I said, it's, we're talking about a about a month out. So month out. awesome. But yeah, great. Um, G 23 says, can I get an advanced copy autographed? You can uh, get a, uh, a, 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 a copy after May 15th autographed. I'm sure. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I, I don't, um, I don't, I'm not really going to get that many advanced copies just because, um, I kind of had a, 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 a sponsor give me the book uh give me the money to get the book made so it's not like i'm, I'm going through a publishing house where i'm going to get a certain amount of books uh for advanced copies um well it goes live that's basically when i'll have my copies like yeah so i i know yehuda enough to know that if you buy a copy and mail it to him 
he will most definitely autograph it for you and send it back. Oh, uh, no, it's worse than that. He he sells autograph copies on his website. They're already pre-autographed. And the thing is, so we have a team up, right? Because part of, before I lost my mind and went all crazy anti-gun or whatever, I wrote a kid's book to normalize gun ownership in the eyes of kids, you know, uh, at, at inspired by Yehuda. And he made me sit in a restaurant in Dallas for hours signing books and sign just maybe do he's like sign a book yeah I, I thought we were meeting for lunch you can eat when you're done signing signing books so now i have signed books at his website that are like the combo buy but all of them signed. this is how much this guy loves people and loves to yes. take care of people yeah we uh we had a great lunch and yeah you you, you can besides my other books you there definitely is a a combo pack for my safety on book and rob's book that um, I actually just sent one out today, a combo. So, um, yeah, definitely you can go to the website, check out all the fun stuff. And um, I'm wearing a new shirt that should go live soon. I have to show it to you because of the whole Dr. Seuss thing. Don't tread on me. <laughs> I love it. Hold on here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this up. Yeah. There we go. I like it. Yeah, so that's that's a, an, another book I'm working on called Yankee Doo and His Pew Pew Crew, and it's a Dr. Seuss style segment book. Um, so this is this is Yankee Doo. Um, so I'm I'm working on that. That should be my ninth book. I have book eight in the works already, and then I have to start working on more on this one. Awesome. I've, I've yeah, written nine books, but I feel like. You're, you at some point I'm gonna have to call you out on page count. Like I'm just gonna. Well, go the, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say, don't worry, Rob. One of your books, like you can take all eight of my books that I've written currently, and it doesn't even come up to like one eighth of a chapter. We're talking about like one sentence per page on my books, right? I, like, <laughs> like I. I'm not like, I appreciate that. I, I, I'm a crayon eater, so I like exactly. pictures, big words, and all that. So it works. I, I have a third grade reading level, so I need the kids' books for me to survive. Exactly. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, bro. Uh, Clover, um, I know you don't do anything, but if you were to do something, no. um, can you tell people where they can find you and what projects you might be having coming up? Yeah, I mean, I'll say what I said before. I mean, if you got no Google food skills, if you can't find me, that's all I got to say. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a couple of things. Shameless plug is I re released a video today. Yes, I actually got one out. Um, I know that there's been a trend of that not happening correctly on Tuesday, but uh, I did drop one on that Axion Light. I know you've already done some stuff with that one. So, uh, yeah, if you want a little extra content on it, check that one out. So uh, you de definitely, definitely on time today. Holy yeah, that's like right. weeks in a row. What the hell's wrong with you? So I'm not a fan of, of weapons mounted lights, particularly on handguns, but, uh, you know, they wanted me to work with it. And so I did, and it's a good thing. Sometimes when you have somebody that's not fond of something, actually look it over and, and give an opinion and it's definitely budget friendly. So I'll say that much, yeah. um, more pressing stuff is, uh, Texas constitutional carry permitless carry. Uh, as well as opening up the license to carry program for 18 to 20 year olds that have a, uh, what am I thinking? A restraining order in place. Um, 
Not so against the, them. Not, not against, against them. them. Correct. <laughs> that way they can actually have a firearm with them at any time, right? It's not just in their house. And, you know, is it sad that you have, have to mention that caveat? Yeah, it's I mean, it is. It is. Uh, and then what do we got? We've got, well, there's two constitutional carry, permitless carry. There's that one. There is the sanctuary state bill. There is the uh, restricting the government from messing around with the second, the governor from messing around with the second amendment during emergency uh, declarations of emergency or whatever. Um, and then it seems like there's one more that I'm, Oh, the, the stupid thing, not being able to have your firearm, like, in open view, oh, yeah. in the holster, in the seat of your car, or whatever stupid thing. Uh, that one. All of those came out are out of committee. However, here's the here's the problem. They come out of committee and people drop back on their laurels and do nothing, and they die in calendars. Okay, learn the political process, the way that <laughs> the legislature works. Please learn it. Um, it's not over. Your your work is not over. Um, once it gets to the floor and, and a boat happens and all of that, it, what happens, happens. But until it gets out of calendars, they, they can still squash it and kill it. And it's set and die in calendars. It's happened before. So get with those uh, Texas state representatives. Get with those um, uh, Texas state senators. Um, by the way, calling Ted Cruz or John Cornyn's office does you no good. We're talking about Texas issues. We're not talking about the, the federal senators so your federal people do you no good uh call the switchboard there in off in uh in austin um i put a podcast up talking about it uh, earlier today all of the bills that came out of committee that are going into calendars potentially getting to the floor we hope all of those are listed read those before you contact anybody make sure you're aware of what they say and you can make some articulate points on why you're for or against those bills Fine, either way. People uh, to read something instead of just taking the title I, for it. Don't goodness. don't take my word. Don't take my definitely don't take my opinions. Uh, I'm just I'm just here to put the information out and say here's what happened. And you know I'll say here's my opinion, but you know that's just uh, that's just footnotes, right? That's just color commentary. Uh, at the end of the day, here's what happened, and the ball's in your court. Take it and do your civic duty and run with it. So uh, great conversation tonight. Enjoyed it. So thanks. Yep. Um, before I let Rob, I'll go ahead and get my spills. I want to let Rob kind of shut her down. Um, thanks for everyone for watching. If you're listening in replay or listening in podcasts, two and a half hours, I would say God bless you, but this has actually been a really good conversation. So you probably had no problem listening to this, but thank you for uh, sticking through this. Thanks to the, the audience that was out there a lot. Like I said, I'm appreciative that you kept it civil we don't have to agree and i love the conversation that was going on and you guys were adults about that fantastic thank you so much as for me um um i've got i'm recording thursday with my good friend uh, you guys probably know chris tanto peranto from the benghazi hero uh chris and i are recording another jarhead podcast thursday this this coming thursday so that'll be out next week uh really gonna be some really cool stuff in that um is people forget that he was a ranger and, and all this stuff beforehand. He wasn't just a Benghazi CIA contractor. Uh, dude was a legit ranger, um, really, really good guy. But uh, no, Chris is a good friend, and he's going to come on Thursday. So if you have questions that want to be asked to Chris, go ahead and email me, and I'll make sure that I, uh, I get those questions um, asked to him. So uh, thank you so much for watching. Rob, close us down. Let people know uh, if you have any closing comments. 
But where the most important thing people might want to know if they do have questions and actually want to have a conversation with you, where can they find you as well? Yeah, I mean, really, it, it, it's not. I don't want to make it sound like there's not like a secret line, right? Like the, the right. way to find me really is through social media, through Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram at Pincus Rob B I N C U S R O B for Twitter and Instagram. Pincus Rob, or sorry, Rob Pincus and Rob Pincus Pro are the uh, places at uh, Facebook. I, I will say the pro page um, usually takes me, it doesn't always happen every day. If you send me a message on the regular uh, Rob Pincus page, it, unless something weird's going on, you're going to get a response by the end of the day. Um, if you put a comment, like if you put a comment here, again, I, I wasn't watching these comments, I'm sure inevitably I'm going to scroll I'll through forward, If someone is, I will forward them to you uh, if someone yeah, does leave a comment. If there's something there, but, but at the same time, like yeah. understand that I'm not going to read every comment on like an article at Truth About Guns or Ammo Land. It's kind of a running joke about me spending too much time in the comments sometimes um, with some of the places that publish stuff. So in the comments, no. If you come to my social media, yes, you're going to get my attention and send a private message. If you are media, if you have a platform, if you want to have a conversation, if you want to debate me, if you want to, uh, you know, whatever, like bring it. I mean, let's have the conversation. If I can go on the Young Turks and I can go on MSNBC and I can go on, you know, all these other places, um, it's kind of weird that that gun people don't want to have the conversation with me. I think it says something right there about the quality of the debate that would incur. Um, but I'll go, I'm up for it. I'll try if you will. Um, the funny thing is, is absolutely the the funny thing is, is so Chloe and I were talking on the phone about something completely different, and he goes weird i had something pop up on my feed on youtube that doesn't belong there and i was like okay what is it? he goes did you know the pinkest was on with the young turks a while like a few years back and i was like no he goes it was actually a pretty good conversation <laughs> so uh you're gonna go on with young turks and you're gonna go on with pretty much anybody at this point yeah and that was that was four or five years ago and they they attacked me much like some people in the gun community do completely irrationally um, and, and said, you know, accused me of saying a bunch of things at an NRA convention that I didn't actually say, or at least misrepresented what I did say and made a bunch of speculation like people in the gun community have been doing lately. Uh, but they actually did have me on the show. Um, so we had a, a, about a 45 minute hour long chat. And to this day, a lot of people use that as the evidence. Like when I get it, oh, well, Rob thinks he can talk to people that are anti-gun. Well, have you watched that? Because Rob does talk to people who are anti-gun. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty awesome, dude. I well, I, I I clicked it on because I was curious more than anything. It was five years ago, right? Yeah, Political yeah. climate changes and you know the the flavors of the day and the topics, and so I wasn't sure what to expect. And before I knew it, I was drawn in and I watched the whole thing. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I've been I've been I got one curveball once. Where at the very end of a uh, a thing, guy said, "But but what about firearms owners really being racist?" <laughs> like you know, I was like, "We only have a few seconds left, Rob." But could you talk to me about the racism in the firearms yeah. community? I'm like, "No." In three I, seconds, I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, I really don't know what you're talking about. But you know, maybe <laughs> next time you have me on, sir, and you know, move on. But for the most part, um, it, it's you know, it's it's actually sad. But but I, this is the truth. People are always like, "Oh, make sure you record the raw," right? I record the raw at least as much when I'm on a gun show, not you know, when we're recording something, uh, because honestly, I do. I find myself getting attacked more inside the gun community, maybe outside the gun community. And, and that's been that way for a decade. It's not because all of a sudden I'm working with Dan Gross. It's been that way for a long time. So I think yeah. that the whole yeah. idea that we talked about with, with Meet the Pressers, that we eat our own, 
Um, that's that's just silly. The identity politics thing, that's just silly. The, the buying into, you know, you can't talk to the other side. There are people on the other side you can't talk to. There are people on our side I can't talk to. What's important is we are all talking. And and uh, again, I really appreciate that from, from you guys. And I do appreciate you, you saying a couple of times that the comments were civil. Um, that's cool, too. They were reach out um again you know i've been doing this since 300 baud modems um i've been on bulletin board systems and then i've been in the chat rooms and i've written for the magazines and i've been on the tv shows and i've done you know dvds and streaming and all that so you, know, you can come train with me um we got a lot of classes going on and and you know maybe during lunch break we can talk about politics but for the most part um the classes are the classes the gun design stuff's the gun design stuff the 3d printing's the 3d printing stuff the book writing is the book writing stuff. The politics stuff is much more for people that I'm trying to change the minds of than it is for the gun community. But I'm always happy to talk to the gun community about it because I'm trying to recruit other people into being good advocates and good representatives as well. So please do reach out. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I still had, had I not actually held the gun in my hand and shot it a couple of years ago, I would still believe that you really aren't trying to design a firearm. I mean, I, it, it doesn't I exist. Design fire. I'm just trying to get it to market. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I've 3D printed plenty of my own guns. I just yes, you have. Yes, you have. I'm talking about the PD-10. That's I what know. I was, you know. I know. Um, I think you it might be the, Have you all It might be the P- I think, well, I know that me and Clover have. I'm sure you has. Did you know? Did you shoot? Shoot what? Uh, Rob's gun, the PD-10. There you go. I, I did not shoot it yet. Oh. oh because, because media day is always on a Saturday. Yep. No, it's not. It's on a Monday. It's on a Monday. He's not on a Saturday. He was trying to give him an out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I happens to be Rob has graciously um, offered me training numerous times when he's in Texas. Most of the times, and and it just the few times that it didn't fall on a Saturday, it was a Jewish holiday, and I couldn't do it. So. Um, as soon as I get an open time, I obviously will join Raw. But uh, it just it really has just been bad timing. It's it is what it is. You well, know, it sounded you- to me like after the, after the evidence that we clearly seen tonight, that was that was purposely perpetrated by Rob. Dude. <laughs> I think I think that Rob says, "When are we going to go to Texas? Make sure it's on a Saturday, Jewish or holiday." holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Pinkus hates Jews. We see, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm 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 at least thirty three percent Ashkenazi according to my uh, twenty three and me. So I'm a, I, I would have to be a self loathing one. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, that's that's every Jewish comedian out there, isn't it? Well, I, I think so. Yeah. Howie Mandel was the best of them. I mean that that dude was. Uh, right. Oh come on! You can't even compare Howie Mandel to the likes of uh, you know. Um, Jackie Mason, then Don Rickles, and Don Rickles. Yeah. I wasn't born when they were going around <laughs> doing comedy. Me, me neither. How old do you think on. I am, bro? I'm old, but damn. Oh, come on, I listen to the look. Jackie Mason might yeah. be one of the funniest people on the face of the planet. Right. Uh, yeah, he came out recently being anti-gun, but that aside. His comedy is gold. Yeah, gotta no, separate so the art from the person. That's right. You choose Jewish comedians over guns. Well, that's <laughs> the <next one. laughs> there you go. You there you hates go. Guns. <laughs> all right, seriously. You I know mean, what? That's, this this I, city I, that never sleeps, but I gotta eat. I'm out. All right, all right. 
Thanks for watching. I appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Simplify.